Welcome to episode 424 of Conversation Street, the spoiler-free Coronation Street podcast with me, Gemma. And me, Michael. (laughs) Why? We're talking about Coronation Street broadcast in the UK between the 22nd and the 26th of June, which covers episodes 10,078 to 10,080. We are indeed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we are. Concise beginning there. Who'd have thought that that's what we'd be talking about this week? How's your week been, Gemma? Your final week of oh, furloughing. For God's sake, why do you keep saying things like this to me? Sorry. How's your week been? I've been Just trying... Just a normal week? No, it's been really hard. <laughs> it's been hot. I feel like, first of all, I've been tormented by the weather. And then I've been spending, I pretty much spend all day long like your servant. The, what do you mean? Well, I do, I, I have to, I tidy up the house, I do the cooking and the cleaning and the emptying the dishwasher and loading the dishwasher. And the washing and everything. I will and, be able to rejoin those baby chores next week. And then I have week. to do all the Coronation Street stuff. You don't have... No, you do. What Coronation Street stuff have you been doing? Our listeners would like to know. <laughs> Going through all the magazines and writing down what is in each one, which is, takes a lot longer than you would think. It does. It takes longer because... You, you, I don't think you're very good at doing it. It's not as good as me. I'm more thorough. Well, I'll, I'll leave it to you. I'm well, happy. Well, I know. You've so, yeah, we've, we've got our... Um, how many issues did we get? Like 50 Coronation Street magazines and we set up, set up a spreadsheet and we're made, writing down a little catalogue of which issues feature character, uh, profiles or articles or interviews or whatever the particular actors and characters for future purposes. Some of which are unclear and some of it we've got a few ideas on. Yeah. Who's the guy that plays Don Brennan? Jeff, Jeff Hinsliff. Yeah. He he built his own house. I know. I know all about it now. Well, I know all about Sherry Houston, who is into horses. Or at least she was in the mid-90s anyway. Surprisingly, more than you would think as well, Corrie actors seem to like painting in their spare time. Oh, really? We know that it's the art the, style. We know the person who played Yana does, does her art. Yes. We know that Anne Kirkbride did art. Yeah, Sean we Wilson. We know that um, Sean Wilson. Also, Vera, um, who plays Vera Duckworth? Liz Dawn. Liz Dawn. And, um, obviously, uh, the guy who plays Pat. <laughs> I can't remember names. Will you not laugh at me, please? <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. I know these names. I, I just cannot remember them. I know. Yeah, so we, we, I don't know what we're going to do with this, all this information, but I'm sure it will become useful at some how, point in I mean, the future. I mean, I was saying to you, oh, we could do a, um, a, a feature discussion about art, but literally I've just told you everything I know about <laughs> they did painting, that's about it. There's some funny ones, like every issue at the moment, there seems to be horoscopes, don't there? Yeah. And they have a little um, half-page spread of an actor who's... Um, birthday is, is is that month saying oh well i think i'm quite like a typical tauren because of it's like a, is that interesting in the podcast is that, is that how can we include that in a feature i don't know we but... could do a horoscopes feature oh, i'm yeah. sure they did it for a year but we don't have all the all the issues maybe we can do that when it's halloween time because you know it's all part of the occult isn't it yeah or real if that's what you believe um okay so doesn't um, occult just mean hidden I no idea. Anyway, it's very interesting stuff. It's also great for getting old photos. There's so many 
photos that I haven't seen before, either of the cast, you know, in their civvies, or just character portraits that I hadn't spotted before ever on Corypedia. Or, or, I'd love or... to have a look at their picture archives. What, on Corypedia? What do you mean? Oh, at the uh, ITV. Well, yeah. Oh, I, I, I know, don't know, I'd who, love it. I actually don't know who printed this. No, I'm not sure. But, I mean, I, I just imagine that... Um, you know, when the digital team at Coronation Street want to you know, put out a tweet about an old character, they've just got this massive, massive archive. And like, I know, but I bet it's they all organised into folders by character. I- I'd love to have, you know, be able to run rampant on, on, on in, in their digital little world and find, ah, oh, yeah. amazing. And paid, video clips as well. And you get paid 50p an hour, probably. I'd love it. No, well, you wouldn't. I, 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 any excuse to work for Cory, fantastic. Um, what else have we been up to this week? We went to uh, went to my late great aunt's house to raid her house to see what Corrie stuff that she might have had hidden about the place and sadly came away fairly empty-handed with that, didn't we? You came away empty-handed. Gemma went looking for non-Coronation Street stuff and we've still got us, us, we've got two sofas and the second one is still covered in books about... Oh, no, it's not. Have you no, cleared? that's my mum's birthday present. Ah, it was cleared, covered with books about the Queen I and the Royal Family and that. She has loads of books about the Royal Family and, like, nostalgia, like, the 40s house or... Yeah. There's a signed copy of um, a book by Sophia Loren about how to be a beautiful woman, mm. which I'm going to crack into. <laughs> but we so f- watch out, lads. We found a couple of Corrie stuff. We found um, a couple of Coronation Street books that I'd given her as birthday or Christmas presents in the past. And one of them, um, I didn't have... No, actually, one of the... No, actually, two of them were Coronation Street books that I had read myself, I thought for myself, and then I just re-gifted them to her when I was feeling a little bit on the uh, thrifty side, shall we say, one year. So I claimed them back. Um, and then there's a couple of books that well. we already had ourselves. And we, we came home with a packet of Coronation Street soap quiz cards, didn't we? Yeah, and on the, way, on the oh, way yeah. there, we did That was the... great, Journey. Yeah. You, t- you say why, sorry, it's your story. On the way there, we did the pub quiz, didn't we? That is it Chris yes. sent us? Um, yeah, that is a box of, like, It's like a D- it's CDs, C- CD, or? and um, Malcolm Hebden as Norris Cole is, like, the, the quiz host. And you, I was driving and, and you were being really rubbish because you were just sitting there and he kept asking questions. And, and if you didn't know the answer, you'd be like, oh, well, there's no way to ever find this out. And I was like, the answers are in front of you in a booklet. My review, say, my review of the CD quiz game from Coronation Street that's produced for, I guess, the 50th anniversary is that it's very good, but... They need to have the answers on the CD as well. I shouldn't have to rely on, you know, opening a book and looking at paper. I don't know paper. how expensive Malcolm Hebden was. Um, his time, obviously, very valuable. They couldn't just get him to go. Question three, 1975. Question four, Elsie Tanner. Well, now that he's not in the show very much, he can do it. He can, he... I think he's not in the show because he's un- unwell. He not can because... just, he's fine. He's recovering. It's not down to you to tell people as, what as to far spend as I know. I have got no idea. Yeah, exactly. Can but we just do the He can quiz do it now? from his chair. But that was a really fun. That was a really fun journey. But some of the questions are really hard, weren't they? They had, no, a, they had a good range. Honestly, even though we are very knowledgeable now about everything to do with Coronation Street, there are still some things that stumped me. Yeah, there were some really obvious, easy questions, some some middle ones, and some super hard ones. That I don't know how anyone's supposed to get, but I suppose that's how you separate the the wheat from the chaff. We're still chaff. Yeah, we certainly are. Um, and also this week I did a lot of gardening. Hours and hours and hours of gardening. And I'm always sweaty and hot. And I cooked us a nice curry feast the other day and I couldn't even eat it because it was so hot. <laughs> Just flopped around on the sofa moaning. Just like the cat. You know what else we did this week? 
we watched in Coronation Street, so that's what we're going to be talking about now for the rest of this lovely podcast, including a quiz. Speaking of quizzes. Ready for the quiz? Yes, These I are things... Oh, I haven't got a pen. Have you got a pen? Um, I do have a pen oh, right here for you, my darling. That's nice green one. Right. Um, don't look. At the, are you trying no, to see... I wasn't, the, I wasn't looking. Uh, 22nd, 22nd to 26th of June. Years ending in a zero and a five. This was sourced from coronationstreet.fandom.com, Coropedia. Here's the first question. 22nd of June, 2005. Deirdre decides to go with Blanche to Poland... But what are they going for? Polish hip replacement. Yeah, hip There's replacement. There was a question about that last week, wasn't there? I remember, see. 22nd of June, 2015. Faye cracks under pressure and walks out of her daughter's christening. What is her name? Miley. What country does she live in now? Oh, yeah, they did go abroad somewhere, didn't they? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Spain. Canada. <laughs> what is Close. the name of the father? Um, Jackson. Hodge. Yes. 23rd of June, 1965. Ina Sharples goes on a three-month holiday to which country to visit relatives? We had this question before. I know we did. Um, but apparently this is when it... Wasn't that same be... question? It was either America or Canada, wasn't it? I can't remember which one it was. America? Yes. <laughs> Good. Um, 23rd of June, 1975. When Ray, Len, Alf and Eddie help themselves to drinks at the Rovers when Annie isn't there, yes. they discover that she has marked the optics. Aww. What is their solution? Uh, I don't know. Water it down. They put water in it. I'll give you half a mark for that. They put think water so. in it, but then Annie tells them that the custom and excise man is coming. Mm. So then they decide to drink all of the alcohol that's left so that Betty can change the bottles over so he won't catch them out. And interestingly enough, the person that they think is the customs and excise officer mm. is actually the man who's, who owns the glasses that mysteriously appeared on the bar. Oh, when Betty, Betty thought, thinks that she sees Martha Longhurst yeah. ghost. That's a nice little link. I think I should get a full point for that because their plan was to water it down. What happened afterwards wasn't part of their plan. No, I'm only giving you half. 23rd of June, 1980. Emily agonises over whether or not to accept a proposal, but who is the Sorry, suitor? Sorry, what was the date of this? 1980, 23rd of June. Oh. Was that around the Arnold Swain time? Arnold Swain? Yes. Hooray. 24th of June, 2010. Two of Tina's ex-boyfriends find out that she is now dating Graham Proctor. Both of them have bad reactions. Who are they? I was going to say Graham Proctor. Uh, David must be one of them. Who else did Tina go out with? Jason? Yeah. Hey. Well done. Thanks. 24th of June, 1970. Final appearance of which Rover's stalwart? Um, that must be um, Jack Walker. Correct. 24th of June... Nine, 2015. Mm-hmm. Now pay attention to the two characters involved. Okay. This will be a big clue. Okay. Liz has to tell Nick that it's this character's 50th birthday so he can arrange a surprise celebration at the bistro. Gail. No. Oh. Yeah, she's older than that, isn't she? Um, Another guess? You're not going to get a mark, though. Liz has to tell Nick. Yeah. So, in 2015, yeah. one character had a relationship with both of these characters. 
and that person was born 50 years ago in 2015. I don't know. Erica. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a no. Right, okay. You won't, all about you won't get this one either. <laughs> 25th of June, 1975. Len, Ray and Jerry have hangovers from their escapades. How yeah. much did they realise they spent on drinking? Oh, come on. Five pounds. No. How much? Twenty pounds. And wow. how much do you think that is in today's money? I don't know. It is 170 pounds. Blimey. Final question. 26th of June, 1995. Steve proposes to Vicky on his birthday, but how old was he? <sighs> that's, that's, that question's too hard. Um, Haven't you just seen this? Uh, that doesn't matter. Um, on his birthday in 1995, yeah. I'm going to say that he was <laughs> uh, 20. No, 21. Oh. What happened to the, the little quiz booklet? I don't know where the little quiz booklet is. We can't do it. We can't do the little pink quiz booklet. It. I haven't lost it. It, it has been misplaced by one of us. Oh, well. I was just eking it out for a little bit longer. Eight and a half out of 12. Well, you, Nine you, out of 12. you cleared this the other day. Mm. And now the thing is gone. Don't worry, we'll do it next week. Like, give me a week off. Okay, birthdays. Oh, yes. Birthdays, eh? Nothing. Carry on. Just wonder yeah. whether there's anybody that you've, you've hopefully remembered. Uh, got a birthday coming up June, next Jim week. Cartwright. Lee Warburton, who played Tony Horrocks. 28th of June. Lynn Carroll, who's Martha Longhurst. Relevant. 30th of June. Joe Dottine, who played K- Tim Metcalf. It's not Kim Metcalf. <laughs> 2nd of July. Yeah. Lee Boardman. Sue Devaney, who played Debbie Webster, and Lee Borman, who played Jen... Jess and me! And Ridley. me too! It's my birthday on the 2nd of July, that's next week. I'm going to be 37 next week on Thursday. You are. Any, okay, I'm anything done. Anything to add? Um, I, in this room at the moment that we're sitting in, two of my birthday presents are sitting boxed up, <laughs> and I'm not allowed access to either of them. It's very tempting. And I know what both of them are as well, but Gemma's not letting me... Mm-mm. Let me have a play Next or a look. Time, horrible. Yeah. And I want you to enjoy your actual birthday. I know, I know, I will. So anyway, I yeah. Happy what? birthday to me for next week. Just saying. So exciting, birthday month. Yeah, your birthday. We're allowed to get when it's your birthday month. We have to have a mass celebration and <laughs> you know make it a national holiday with me. You're just jealous that it's not your birthday coming up. I still up. haven't proposed. Uh, uh, responded to my proposal <laughs> about making that national month of celebration. <laughs> Although I think everyone will anyway, if the weather's good. Yeah. And um, by that I mean hell- hellacious. Hellacious. It's horrible. Good word. Right, should we, should we get on? Who this weather? I like hot weather. Why? I have loved Why? it this week. Why? Don't you get sweaty? It's nice and sunny. Don't you get sweaty? Not especially. I'll tell you one thing, right? So the, the temperatures it makes have me regularly happy. gone. But sunshine makes you happy. Yeah. Why do Why do you need the heat? It's just nice and nice. You can go. It's not nice. It's horrible. And it shines on you. You're rubbish. <laughs> and I've not had any problem sleeping this week. Listen, I've everyone, been putting the electric blanket on the up, last two nights. I was nights. Just about to get to that. It's thirty degrees during the day here, which is ridiculous. For I want this my, country. I want my money back. <laughs> and Michael, I can't go to bed when Michael goes to bed because he puts the sodding hot blanket on and it's not even like it's on like three settings and it's always on the hottest setting. 
That's because... I don't have to leave it, like, hours. That's because Alex turns it on. I don't have no control over that. You don't have any control? No. I, yes, I, you do. You can you can go and change It's just nice and number. snuggly to get into. You're and I switch it off way You're before you come to ridiculous. bed. You're so stupid. It's just lovely slipping into a nice comfy warm... When it's 30 degrees outside. You are the stupidest man I've, I know. <laughs> Surely I'm not alone on this, listeners. Come on. You can't... Back me up here. Anyone else still putting their hot blanket listen, on? It's I know you. most people don't have a hot listen, blanket. Listen, it's you, anyone over the age of 80... And children in incubators in hospitals who've been born prematurely. And those are the only people that need hot blankets during the summer. Well, you know what? Most men rely on their wives to keep them warm in bed at night. I'm not going to bed when it's hot. <laughs> or when it's before midnight. I was, staying, I, was up, I was up till five o'clock in the morning because it was so hot. <laughs> you were. It's horrible. I have to sit there with Coke cans laid all over <laughs> my body to try and keep myself cool. We don't have a fan. We don't have a... Um, we don't have... We don't have air conditioning. Air conditioning. I literally, I sit with Coke cans between my legs and on my chest and sitting on a dog blanket, which is specially <laughs> designed like with sand inside it to keep dogs cool during the summer. <laughs> like a... I don't even know what it's like. Like nothing on earth. Insert your own simile here. <laughs> anyway, we're not talking about that. We're going to talk about something else that's been hot this week. Or what? has it? This week's Coronation Street. I don't think you know what you're talking about. I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> Go on, Listen, then. when we were watching them all in the park with Ollie today, and um, during the week, and they all had their big fleecy jackets on, I was like, oh, do you remember? <laughs> do, you remember do you remember back in February? Oh, I remember the hot weather. I mean, the cold weather. I love it. I just, and I, even when it's cold here in this country, I haven't worn a coat in this country for five years. I wear a coat most days. But I am wearing shorts at the moment. That is incredibly, incredibly unlike me. I'm not a short wearer, am I? I've got lovely gloves and I never I'll wear them though. because my hands get too hot. When I went skiing, I couldn't wear gloves. And I spent all my time on the top of a mountain in a t-shirt going, is anyone else hot? Am I the only one? I have Why spent, are you drinking hot chocolate? It's boiling. I have spent the last two days at school, to be fair, pretty much outdoors. We've, we're just all on iPads at the moment in my class and... Um, We've we've been sitting outdoors, and then wow. they've just been, every time they've wanted a Wi-Fi connection for various things, they've just nipped in and out because my classroom is the hottest in the class, and we're not allowed our air conditioning on at the moment. So oh. that is when I am too hot. Yeah. Anyway, well, at least you went on Bournemouth Beach. Now for another hot topic: <laughs> this week's Coronation Street. Let's do it. Well then, Gemma. What is this? What? I'm just doing an impression of this week's Coronation Streaks. So thought it was a little bit on the slow side. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's like... It felt to me like this week was, you know, the V-Day special on uh, that covered the Monday and the Wednesday. And then the Thursday... Sorry, then the Friday was ramping up of a few other things but not really getting anywhere with any of it. So I was kind of... I must say I was left not completely on the edge of my seat, gripped by a whole lot of stuff. There were... There were it, it had its good points. But on the whole, I was uh, a little bit underwhelmed feel, by this week. I feel like... I feel like the VJ episode was just like a throwaway, like, cool, nostalgic kind of one. And then today's episode was setting up more drama for Monday. Mm. And Monday, I think, is going to be quite a good episode. I, I hope so. But, but today's episode was set up 
and it didn't really, it no, obviously no payoff yet. Yeah, the VE Day stuff. I mean, it's interesting, we call it the VE Day episode, but there wasn't a whole lot of VE Day in there, was there? No. There was stringing up some flags. There was getting the oldies together in a booth in the Rovers to go, oh, I remember VE Day. Do you remember VE? Oh, no, I was too too young for VE Day. Oh, yeah, I remember everyone was really happy when the war was over. Um, oh, wait, are you going to sing us a song? It felt really kind of tokenistic to me. It's weird because, me. like... It's like, we can't mention V Day. I know. We love Rita. Usually, like, sometimes when old people tell you their stories or you read old stories about what it was like, you're like, oh, this is fascinating. Mm. And the thing is about the Cory... We, we never saw V E Day on Coronation Street. But we know there are established canon things that happened... But somehow they managed to make it a bit boring and, and kind of like anyone could have written this. It, was, it felt very much like anyone could have written it, anyone could have said it to me. Like, it, it felt oh, like... Oh, I, I had a great time. It was brilliant. Everyone was happy. Oh, my my dad was in the war, you know? Yeah. Okay, cool. Totally. Let's <laughs> let's sing some Vera Lynn at the end. Yeah. Which was, which was touching, you know? It was all right. It, it didn't feel... It felt disappointing to me because of all the V Day stuff that we did to, to prepare, mm. and um, all the stuff that we learned, and and uh, but you know how can they really do that justice? I mean, we how long did we spend talking about it? Oh yeah, forever. Ages, it it probably we spent a lot of time researching it, and it's not really fair to sort of criticise a show that's not about V Day when they only have a, f- a few minutes really to to put stuff in. But one of the strengths of Coronation Street is. The history. I mean, that's the thing. Should they have put the brakes on everything else and made it more about VE Day, or yeah, I think so. is it is it not relevant anymore, or is it is what it less relevant? I mean, well, because it because it's because... not on VE Day. Well, no, yeah, of, of course, and I wonder whether it would have felt any did they any more touching yeah, or whatever if it, it had been on VE Day. More touching, and also, would would did they edit anything out? I don't hmm. know. I suppose there's also the fact that there are fewer and fewer characters that you can use to talk about VE Day. But that's whereas... even more important to use them. Well, that's what they was. That's what Rita was saying as well. Somebody was like, oh, we've got to make sure that nobody ever forgets it, which is, it just, it just felt like some really, you know, cliched lines about VE Day. try again for VJ Day, shall we? And, and not <laughs> let's let's in give it, August. Just give it another go, shall we, Corey? Because, um, oh, yeah, it just didn't quite work with me. And, um, some of the other st- yeah let, let, what what stories have we got this week we've got the let's get the show on the road to recovery with Shona um as a, as David put it going north to sixty in a second in today's episode um we had a serious case of the Ollie wobbles which is what's ramping up and I'm kind of banking on that to deliver on Monday yeah once this diagnosis comes out which isn't looking good um we had a bit more of the Scott from the SWAT although the no. Scott. The Scott from the squat, although the Scott in question did not feature in the episode because she's um she's been beaten up, she's been swatted. The Scott from the squat's been swatted by Scott, <laughs> it seems. Um, and then we had a bit more of the Dan in the Dump story, return of the Sebelina Budding story, which I don't think anyone's been particularly asking for. Um, then a couple of new stories on Friday's episode, which is what is again I'm more looking forward to next week Imran and Toya Gemma are fostering a new interest <laughs> mm. and um, then we had a lack of fizz in the Tyrone Stapes household which I actually thought was quite nice for the, the t- all of two scenes that it featured in um, do, do you fancy doing the Shoda or the Ollie Wobbles how do you 
Shona. You do the Shona. So what's Shona and David been up to this week? Well, she's got her little helper. He's called Aaron, his support worker. Mm. And on Monday, she shows up with him at the cafe. And David's there and he wants to help. But Roy just wants to move her in. She's going to live with Roy upstairs. And um, Roy doesn't want David interfering and confusing Shona. He wants to settle her down and uh, move her in. Yeah, at the beginning of the week, it was kind of a bit bookended, really. I thought at the beginning of the week, it's Roy saying to Shona, let's get you up them stairs. And then at the end of the week, Shona was saying, it's David, let's get yeah. you up them stairs. Um, Aaron tells Roy that Shona needs routine in her life, which bricks his ears Roy's right like, up. Ding, 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 ding. I could do that. When, when should we schedule leisure time, basically? <laughs> um, David comes in with magazines that he thinks that she would like. And they're all trying to teach her her chess. I don't know why. Yeah, well, what magazines would, uh, would Shona like, I wonder? Rip Jeans Monthly? <laughs> Gardener's World and Country Life. Um, they, they're teaching her to play chess and Alex comes in and he's moaning that he's been left to work alone in the cafe. That's Alex again. I oh, know, I'm sorry. I moaned about him last week on the podcast. But again, he's just, oh, he comes up into the flat, doesn't he? He's like, oh, well, when are you coming back down to help me then? <laughs> doesn't he like throw his tea towel down on the floor or something? Like... Um, Shona says um, that she likes the real housewives of Cheshire, which apparently she didn't like before. Apparently not. I don't know what I'm supposed to make of that information. Tastes change. Yeah, I mean, she never struck me as somebody who would be pro or anti Real Housewives of anything. <laughs> um, she appears smitten with Aaron, uh, which which David notices and is a bit jealous. And then they start talking about Max and Lily. And she's like, oh, who, who, who are they? Like, she didn't remember at all. And David points out that she was going to adopt them and uh, she's like well sorry I just don't remember David leaves and Rory promises to look after her and, and says that Shona just needs time um, he comes back because he's left his phone there and walks in on Shona going in for a kiss with Aaron dun 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 I wonder whether there's some kind of thing about if you have a if you have brain damage, you're um, a bit more... What's the word? Impulsive. Let's say loose. <laughs> Impulsive. Maybe. It affects you all in different ways, doesn't it, Nick? Well, on Wednesday, Shanna's like, what's the big deal? Aaron's like, it's not appropriate. And she's like, ooh. <laughs> so he goes off and speaks to his bosses and improbably they say... Don't worry about it. Nothing can change. Nothing will change. You can carry on being her support worker. Just um, don't let her jump your bones, I suppose. Which was quite ironic because we didn't actually see Aaron for the rest of the week after that. I know, that's a bit silly. I don't really know why she's been given a male support worker either. You'd think it would make more sense if she had a, a female. Yeah, and, and such a irresistibly hunky one too. Yeah, maybe like an old, a really old guy. It'd be okay. Um, so he says... Um, he he. David asks Shona out for food, but not as a date. And, and she says, yeah, I don't want to go on a date with you. You're not my type. And he makes a joke about inflatable flogs that, clogs that was really convoluted. Do you remember? <laughs> I, I appreciated it, David. It was about popping your clogs or something, wasn't it? It was great. You know, he was great, but you can't remember. It's the way you tell him, and, and David is the master. Aaron finds it funny, so who's got the brain damage now? Me. You and Aaron. <laughs> Shona and David are in the I think beach. Me and Aaron would get on really well. 
later. And Shona thinks Ray seems nice, but um, Dave's like, no, he is not nice at all. He's a horrible scumbag. And then when he gets up to go, she steals his wallet, <laughs> Ray's <laughs> wallet. And they leave, <coughs> they leave together. I like how David says that Ray's an horrible scumbag, but we're still going to, you know, come to his restaurant, spend a load of money. Yeah, There's plenty of other eateries to, to choose from. Boycotting people we don't like these days. Yeah. Uh, they leave and Shona, and David realises Shona's stolen the wallet and uh, he laughs and sort of says, oh, that's how we met <laughs> to begin with. Um, Shona is embarrassed. She, she finds this really hard to deal with when David makes a joke. And she doesn't understand what the humour is. Yeah, there's a lot of that this week, isn't there? Of David, you know, being David and being dry and sarcastic. And and her not understanding. Yeah. Because it's like an in-joke that you're not part of, but it's about you. I can't Mm. imagine how frustrating that would be. So she's embarrassed. He finds her in Victoria Gardens and and he tells her about the stolen wallet incident. From what three years ago from whenever it was that she when came in a club it. and he, he she stole his wallet found his picture and realized that they had a connection um and he says in time i grew to love you and you've written beautiful swamp eyes is that that was one of the things that he said swamp eyes swamp eyes what color eyes has she got no murky green <laughs> beautiful maybe um, on the way back to the house, she's like, oh, I really want a cigarette. And, and David's like, I think, well, you don't smoke. And then she's getting frustrated, like, oh, you know, I don't know who I am. And I, I'm craving cigarettes, but I don't smoke and blah, blah, blah. Um, she's really frustrated. And he says, let's get some chips. And, and then he says, after you. And she's like, I don't even know where the chip shop is. It really frustrated me how David continuously did not seem to get that, yes, she doesn't know. She doesn't know how you first met. She doesn't know where the chip shop is. And she doesn't know if she smokes. And she doesn't know this and she doesn't know that. Why do you keep expecting her to remember all this stuff when you're continuously told? She's got the brain damage and the amnesia, not to you, but you seem to be the ones having trouble grasping the fact that she doesn't remember things. No, I think it makes sense. I I don't. I I think he's just finding it impossible to believe or difficult to believe that she can have forgotten absolutely Everything, but it's apparent that she has. So get over it. Maybe he's just like thinking the same as me. Like, this this really happen? This like, realistic, <laughs> thinks David. This storyline, surely you know, Chippy is. Also, didn't they have to? Where did they? I mean, how long? Where were they? Would they have not walked past the Chippy already? I mean, it's literally. You're not very observant. I don't know what you're talking it's literally about. You wouldn't remember a chip shop. Thirty second walk it. outside the house. Oh, also, it's in between their house and Roy's. You can probably see it? the chippy from outside it's Roy's tucked flat. Behind. It's tucked behind. Tucked behind the medical centre, fine. So they walk, they walk past the Rovers and everyone is inside doing their VE Day celebration and singing We All Meet Again. Yes. And it's touching, symbolic. Symbolic, yeah. On Friday, Shona bumps into Gemma in the street and she's talking and saying, oh yeah, we used to know each other, we grew up on the same state. So they go off to the cafe together to have a chat. And um, Gemma's all like, I'm wise old crow now. I've got four children and uh, I've lived a life um, in in two years. Um, it's all that time spent with Rita, isn't it? The, the wise woman vibe really has rubbed off on her. Philosophical, because, you know, she went to that one one counselling session <laughs> and now she's over her postnatal depression and she's dispensing advice to other people. And she says, oh, you need to fit in with yourself. 
and home is people not places which is not very reassuring for somebody that doesn't remember places nor people mm. also tell that to a homeless person <sighs> don't worry you got your friends i do think that that Gemma's platitudes is like it, it just feel like she just went into a card shop <laughs> And just found the sorry of feeling down in the dump section and read all the inside. <laughs> Again, um, living a Rita, that's went, what it does with you. And then she went, I never thought of it like that. My depression is cured. <laughs> so Shona summons David for a date in Roy's flat and he's trying to... David's a person. And so that's where she wants her home, is a person, not a place. He's trying to sort of work out whether they should have a chaperone. And she's like, no, we're going to... Just be a, have a date together. And she's trying to find something they can have a shared interest in. And she has no idea what they used to enjoy doing together. So she gets out a jigsaw. <laughs> but she doesn't really want to do a jigsaw. While David's looking for the pieces, she starts stripping off and, and looms over him like the, what is it, Attack of the 50-Foot Woman or something. <laughs> and um, he's like, whoa, what the hell are you doing? Why, why are you doing this? And um, she gets mad again and accuses him of laughing at her. She's like saying, sex, please. Come on, let's just do it. Maybe that's what our connection needs to be. I think she's not wrong. Um, it's, like, it's like the Prince Charming kiss, isn't it? Could it just be. works. It's magic. Right. Yeah, could be. Um, she sort of throws the jigsaw everywhere and gets embarrassed and, and she leaves. Later on, she's talking to Roy and she gets told that she needs to take things slow. But she's not interested in that. She wants to find out who she is. And if that means she has to get into bed with David, then so be it. Um, so how are, you, how are you feeling about this Shona thing at the moment? It's difficult to... It's difficult to know, isn't it? Like, Shona's personality is basically just... She's blunt and says the wrong thing with great gusto. Mm. I'm enjoying that side of her. I'm still struggling with the whole amnesia thing. Uh, see, I like Shona and David together, and I know the end point that I want them to be at, but I, I'm i just finding the, the route that they're taking to get there. Um, I, it's just, it's not it's not fully working for me. I, and I, I hope that... I hope that it... I don't, I don't know what I hope, because it's just it's just a weird a weird situation that they're in. I want... It'd be if if they do show a bit of romance and them getting to know each other again and falling in love again, I think that'd be quite sweet. I don't need it to be the you know the the rumpy pumpy jumpy into bed kind of rumpy, stuff. Rumpy jumpy. Yeah, rumpy pumpy bone jumpy. I I think it's realistic that she would want to rekindle whatever romance there was. And if she is kind of being a bit blunt, she's, it's weird. She seems a bit child, childish. Yeah, she does. Well, this has been a bit of a turning point for her this week, isn't it? Because she didn't particularly seem to have any desire to rekindle what was gone up until this chat with Wise Woman Winter um, in the cafe earlier today. So what is it that's made her change her mind? The fake wisdom of the local <laughs> quad mother. The earth mother. You know, it, it just feels like we we know how this is going to end, that they're going to get back together and Shona's like, okay, then fine. I've had enough of being being difficult. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, well, 
Do you think... I've seen some people as well online saying, well, is it realistic that there wouldn't be any kind of physical attraction to David? Because even though she might have forgotten him, wouldn't if, if he is her type to look at, then wouldn't she find him, you know, sexy? But I don't, I, I don't know, know whether I necessarily buy that. No, I don't. I suppose it, it, the fact that she isn't falling for him just by looks is, she, she is saying that it's about, it is about the personality. Picked him out as a victim, not as a potential life mate. Mm. She didn't fall in love with him because of the way he looked. And it, I think that's a bit more realistic than the usual Corey, oh, two good-looking people jump into bed together sort of thing. Yeah. And she, and she told David that you're not my type. Uh, I, yeah, I quite like the idea that it's not about types. Yeah. Um, do you think that anything more is going to come with Shona and Aaron? No. Or is that it now? Is it just there to to show off? Um, I don't know, just to, just to get... Just to add a bit of drama. Yeah, that, that's it. It's just a little bit of... A little bit of spice. I don't think it really made sense that the bosses were like, nah, this happens all the time. I don't even know why we put you with her, to be honest, because you're so hunky and she's so eligible. Mm, yeah. it, it does, it really, I, I would think he would be taken off the case, but I guess maybe it's realistic because they don't have a big budget and endless staff. Yeah, an endless supply of support workers, maybe. Um, yeah. I was also wondering about David... Um, coming on too strong as well yeah i don't like i don't like his insistence on her you know like right you're my wife it's only a matter of time you're gonna remember everything and it's gonna sort of come in an instant and but i feel sorry for him because i do as well i think lots of people in that situation would be because again he he doesn't have any memory issues he's he's not the one that's putting the brakes on everything he he thinks that you know, he just wants to get make a shortcut and make everything, make everything right again. Yeah, well, he can't. He can't just force it. He's going to make it worse. Yeah, it, it's it is frustrating when a soap character does the wrong thing for the right reasons, and you're just like, you're making it worse. You're making it worse. Mm. And I think that's maybe why Shona wanted to sleep with him. Like she said, she's not really attracted to him, but he's so insistent that they should get back together. And she's probably like, I just want this to be over. I just want I just want to belong somewhere and, and feel something and remember something. And if I have to sleep with this guy I don't fancy, then whatever. Mm. I think David as well, I think one of the another reason that he wants to rush this is because um, he um, he knows that if if it doesn't work, if if he loses her or if she takes too long, then there's the quite high probability that he's going to go off the rails again. Like, you know, he has been, like, with, with the getting himself into danger, smashing up the street. Like, it's his only hope. Yeah. She, he, she, if, if she, she's his lifeline, and if she floats away, then he's just going to drown. And so he's desperately, he's desperately trying to avoid that happening. So he's being a little bit selfish with it. I don't know. I, so I, 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 feel, I feel bad for him, but it's still all bundled up in the uh, in the bubble of uh, I'm, uh, I don't quite believe the amnesia-ness of it and still nobody's written in and told me that they know anyone that this has happened to I'm waiting for that I know but this is this isn't an issues based storyline is it about no no it's not it's not it's 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 soap drama 
you think that anything um, is going to come of the introduction of Ray to the story as well? Or is that just another... I quite like that call back to the wallet. Yeah. I know there's not many people that Shona could steal their wallet and everyone would go, ha, ha. Mm. Yeah. But I wondered at one point whether you know he was going to become part of the story and become her mortal enemy. Or Didn't she take the money out of his wallet and then give it to Abby? No, no, that was different. And I, I think that was that was um, earlier in the week. Oh, that was quite funny when Abby was there with the coffee cup and Shona thought that she was <laughs> tramp or something and put the coins That's in right. the cup. Yeah. That was funny. I like that. Okay, well, that that was that story. It was it was okay. Um, I would say that it was the fact that I like David and Shona that kept it afloat for me rather than the actual plot. Yeah, see, I'm not really... I don't really buy them as a couple. Whether whether you buy them as a couple or not, you still like David, at least, don't like you? David, He's a, a very strong character. I don't care if he gets back together with Shona. I want to. I just... Uh, uh, the thing is I about I need some stability with some characters in Coronation Street, which is one of the reasons why I appreciate the Fizz and Tyrone relationship, because, no, they're not particularly interesting together, but they are stable. Mm-hmm. What were you saying? I don't know. Don't know. Okay, so um, let's let's do the the next story then. This Ollie Wobbles story, um, which is all, it was all the whole week really was a bit of a lead up to what's going to be happening on Monday, isn't it? Because um, the, the Leanne's at the beginning of the week been super paranoid about Stephen Tracy taking Ollie out for a walk because she thinks that he's going to get germs and hasn't he's got a, he's got a tube up his nose and he's not eating properly and everything and she's just wrapping him in cotton wool really because of everything about his uh, his condition and the fact that we've got the the results of the tests coming soon and everything but eventually she allows them to take Ollie to the city farm. Um, Tracy is trying to be nice to her and saying look it's all gonna be fine don't worry about it you you and nick can come along as well she she admits that they're kind of family which i thought was quite sweet so then they they have their walk in in the farm which was Weird. clearly clearly eaten park there was there was there were literally no animals i know that was the giveaway wasn't there there and were a few ducks on the lake did we even see the ducks i think we might have seen there some ducks and maybe a ducks, swan but um we, yeah, I, I think we did. What we didn't see though is any cows, and they could have at least they could have cut to some flipping stock footage of cows later on that because would have been a bit weird. <laughs> it's like it, reminds, it was like the Deirdre and the sheep in Wales. I don't know whether they ever showed any Deirdre and sheep in the scenes together, but it's actually not allowed to appear together. It, right it did help the believability of the fact that they were in Wales there, but. Here, the, the lead up to it was Leanne's worried that Ollie's not speaking, he's not laughing. Um, he's, he's, he knows yeah. that he's in the middle of a drama story and not a comedy story at the moment. And she um, cheers herself right up when she sees him mooing at cows, which is a bit tragic as well because he, he has regressed so much and he he's acting. What is he, three now? But he's acting like, you know, a one-year-old maybe. But... Even that is is great for her because she he's just been he seems to be a zombie, doesn't he? He's That's not reacting funny. to anything. He is, and she's been trying to get his attention and just not getting anything out of him. So yeah, moo cow, brilliant. Uh, and then they have a little bond, Steve and Leanne do at the end of the episode, um, and then we watch the video. So everything's looking good, and Friday starts off quite positive as well. She's because Leanne. Um, sees that Ollie wants to eat something so she has a bit of a soap phrase of doom moment when she's talking with Nick and saying oh everything's going to be okay we're going to get the results of his test soon you know what I've got a feeling it's going to be all right Um, 
Amy, meanwhile, is getting stressed because she's got an RE exam coming up and she wasted a whole day going to the farm that was actually just the local park. And um, Steve... She got missiled. She did. She totally got missiled on that. If I went to a farm and all I saw was a ducks and a couple of swan, I was like, yeah, I bought my money back. Anyway, Steve says, look, if you want, when this is all over, we'll go to Cornwall, go to the beach, um, and we'll have a great time. And then when he first told her he was going to take her to the beach, I did worry for a moment that he might take her to Rory's Beach, you know, being well, the, yeah. the only beach he knows. You're it. only allowed... Only, only, yeah, only Rory's allowed to enjoy beaches now. Yeah, but Michelle's not there Michelle's... to stop them. <laughs> she can do whatever they want. The, <laughs> the beach police is gone. <laughs> She's the Coast Guard of Rory's Beach. Yeah, she is. Um, she, uh, so, anyway, they're, they're going to go off. They're going to push the boat out and take them down south when this is all over. Um... Leanne doesn't like the idea, though. She calls up number one, and Amy tells her this idea, and Leanne's back to being Mardi again. I'm not really sure why she ended up being the grump, because she'd been in such a positive mood <laughs> up until that point in the episode. Um, but she, she, tells, um, she tells Amy that they need to go to the hospital. They want to get maybe Ollie's food tube taken out, I think. Um, but uh, and when they get there, she has a go at Steve, and he says, look, I'm just trying to look forward to something. And I know what you're saying, but why, why should, why should I be planning all these lovely things when we're in the middle of this drama? But let's, you know, let's have some goal, some nice thing that we can look out for when hopefully this is all over. However, it seems that this is not going to be coming to an end anytime soon because Dr. Ward comes striding into the room and is like, oh, um, nurse, Yikes, can you guys. take Ollie to the family room, please? Because we need to talk about him. I don't, I don't think that Ollie would really know what was going not, on. It's not to do him. with him. It's to do with the parents. Yeah, I think. Uh, They're like, we can't really talk about him when he's in the room because you're gonna have an even more emotional reaction. Yeah. It, so you uh, need to concentrate on what I'm saying. And what I'm saying is, you'll have to wait until next week to find I out. Think we can guess. I think. I mean. It was never going to be good, was it? Because you did the research well, when the whole Mito thing came into the programme. I was going to say, Leanne, we saw Leanne and Toya. Like, she said, oh, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look stuff up. I don't know how she's done any research and not come away thinking, blimey, there's not a lot of hope here. Because it, it it's clear that the younger you get this um, disease, the, the more you're affected. And he's so young. Mm-hmm. It's probably like she's seen that it's, you know, 99% chance and actually she thinks she's the 1%. But she, oh, throughout the whole of this, she's been back and forth between this is a disaster and... Well, yeah, it's hoping. looking at, And looking on the bright side. That, I mean, she, that's what she was right at the beginning, wasn't she? When she first heard about the condition, she was like, that, what, you're saying there's a chance that he might survive? That's all I want to know. You can't blame her. This is what anyone would be like. Yeah, she's in, she's in some total denial about it, but I don't know... I will be interested to see her reaction on Monday when the cold, hard, and this isn't a spoiler here, but come on, <laughs> we know where this is going. And when the cold, hard uh, truth is shoved in her face, what is she still going to be in denial? Or is she is is, is it finally going to click to her? I think we're going to see a bit, of, a, bit of, a bit of crying on Monday. And, and I hope Simon Gregson's up to it as well, because... Um, as as silly as Steve has become in in you know recent years, they need to show him having a realistic 
reaction to being told, sorry, there's nothing we can do to save your son. Mm. Um, what, what do you think about Steve's plans to go to Cornwall? And Leanne's reaction to that, do you know, I felt I felt a bit sorry for Steve there. I, I didn't think that what he was doing was wrong. Not necessarily. I mean, he didn't. Thing is, she found it out from Amy, and she shouldn't really have. It should have been Steve, and Steve should have spoken to her, because um, basically they just kind of went, yeah, whatever. We can bring Ollie and Leanne with us because we're going to get a really big place. But with a with a a child that's so sick, they they can't even eat. It doesn't seem quite realistic to say that you can bugger off to anywhere because you're going to need to be near a hospital that knows that knows you. Mm. So was it Steve not thinking it through properly then rather than I think being positive and saying, look, let's just have this? It didn't really make sense either because Steve knows a bit more about it than, than Leanne because he looked it up as well. I just can't believe that, that either of them, have it, having looked up what this disease does to you, have gone, well... Doesn't apply to me. Mm. I feel I'm feeling a little bit like because Steve doesn't live in the same house as Leanne and, and Ollie, whether he doesn't, you know, whether he's not completely part of it, and whether it, it, it's not like, like Ollie is Leanne's life twenty four seven, whereas Steve has got his other life. Yeah, and so maybe he, he not forgets is the right word, but. He can put it in a different compartment. Yeah. He's got yeah. He's got Amy to think about as well, etc. Mm. Um. Okay. Well, as I say, all all build up this week, wasn't it, in that story? So I'm I'm sure there'll be a lot more to talk about next week. So we'll save save anything more till then. Um. Carla, Gemma, back over to you again. Right. I'm gonna get this out. The V Day stuff. I it's all fine, but I I know loads of people really liked Carla and Peter dressing up. Oh, I yeah. absolutely hated it. That was your big bugbear on uh, Monday, wasn't I it? I didn't like it at all. I thought I thought it was really disrespectful. I get that Car that Peter was in the Merchant Navy and he was wearing a navy uniform, so I guess that's fine. But Carla was wearing I don't know what she, what uniform she was wearing, but she had her sexy shirt, uniform, her shirt untucked, and I thought it was ridiculous for a forty plus year old woman. To be like, I'm a sexy school girl. I'm gonna untuck my t-shirt, my shirt, because I want everyone to think I'm cool and not taking it seriously. This is a this is a commemorative event for a war that killed millions of people. You don't need to be sexing it up behind the bar in your sexy uniform. Like it wasn't it, just just wear it properly like a normal person, Carla. You're not twelve. It really annoyed me. You did. I think it would have been annoying even if they had just been wearing uniforms because dressing up is one thing, but wearing military uniforms, I think, is a bit weird. So you didn't have a problem with with Alex and Evelyn because they were dressed up as well, weren't they? Well, that no, Alex was, that was just, fine. you know, boy. And he had Evelyn like a baby was. Boy, um, hat on, didn't yeah. And, um, and Evelyn had like a shawl thing. Yeah. I thought that was fine. So it's the fact that it's a military outfit that you don't like. It's just, a stolen valour. It, it didn't bother me in the slightest. But it, fortunately, it wasn't a main focus. I think it was fan bait again. I think it was Carla and Peter fan. Like, look at this, everyone who loves Carla and Peter. We're dressing them up and everything. <laughs> um, anyway, that's my moan. I'm not going to moan about it again because it's boring to people that don't agree with me. 
Um, Scott, Carla and Rita are hanging up the bunting. What's that on Scott's knuckles? Hmm. Not supposed to say that. Although, well done to the people on the internet that did notice on Monday's episode that he had bruised knuckles. I they did, make I sure didn't... that you see it on Wednesday. Yeah, and it made me wonder, because it didn't, it didn't feature in today's episode, should it have been so obviously pointed out on Wednesday? Because it, when they had, when somebody on the on the internet pointed out after Monday's episode, did you see Scott's bloodied knuckles? I was like, oh, is this a little clue that they've put in? And, you know, later down the line, when it's revealed that Scott was the one that beat up uh, Jordan and Chelsea, that, ah, that we dropped the clues all along. But on Wednesday, it was like Look spelling it out. I said to you on, I can't remember, was it Saturday or whenever, I was like, oh, I think it's really obvious he beat up those scallywags I think it was the drug dealer that they said was going to beat them up yeah you were convinced about that after no the... I was like well it, we were going who could it possibly be if it's not Peter who else would have a grudge and they spent the whole week going we're going to get beaten up unless you give us this money <laughs> and we're like who could it be anyway it obviously wasn't them either it was obviously Scott unless he just what did he say he did oh he called it on the door yeah. well accidents happen maybe he just was, did a bit of Daniel and punched a wall could be. Maybe he did just a bit a of a chesney in Night of the Wall. Rita's going on and waxing, well, remembering V-Day. Does that less we forget bit. Um, Scott brings up the scallywags and tells Carla that they won't be back because he and Abby kicked them out. And then, we said last week, Abby was the unsung hero, but Carla decided to sing her praises by taking her a bottle of fizz to say thank you for helping her last night. Um, could there be a friendship blooming there? I don't really want to see Abby and Kyra as friends. Oh, I don't mind. No. Ab- Abby might, you know, inject a bit of fun back into Carla. I just think Carla's going to drag Abby down. Mm. Carla sees a newspaper headline about the, about the beating and she's like, oh my goodness. What, could this be related to what Scott said about how I don't need to worry about them anymore? On, wouldn't it be funny if it just was two random people and nothing at all to do with... <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. <laughs> Didn't my... expect that, did you? <laughs> Wednesday's episode started weird because we were t- one of the other things about VE Day which didn't work at all was Michael Bailey seemingly having no idea A, that it was VE Day and B, what VE Day even is. I, I, I don't get... there aren't people around like that but no, I've seen them on social media. But Michael doesn't seem to be that dumb that he wouldn't realise. It was supposed to be endearingly stupid because, you know, he's got his head in the clouds and everything. I don't think you can be but... endearingly stupid about not realising what the significance of the end of World War Two is. Mm. I know that Weatherfield was the only pocket of uh, the community in the whole country that was celebrating V-Day on that day. Yeah. In, in the middle of Maybe June. Maybe he was just confused because it's like, it's not, it's not in June though. But I, I don't know how many adults could have, you know, got to... Monday or VE day, sorry, happening, not knowing that that's what it was. It was it was a bit silly. Well, some things you can be, you can sort of be, uh, what's the word? Excuse for not knowing, but VE day has been celebrated in this country every year for how long? <laughs> Seventy five years. Exactly. <laughs> it's not like something where. But Michael's not been there for all of them. Bless him. Okay, darling. Carla um, shows Peter the paper and asks him if he did it. And he's like, oh, I'm so offended. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't beat up a woman. Me? Peter? Hit somebody? Never. 
Well, a lots of people said this as well. We didn't really think about this, but a lot of people were going, oh, PJ is so honourable. He would never kill anybody. He would, um, he would never hit a woman. I just um, found... I don't know, I found that a bit patronisingly sexist. Peter's, got, Peter's had a temper. He's shown himself to have a temper in the past. Um, so, V-Day re- recollections. Norris turned up and, and, and fanfared, but he was there. With it took Rita. me even a real, real minute to notice that old Norris is there. Um, Rita, Audrey and Ken all in the booth chatting about the day and talking about what they remember about it. And um, we get a shout out for Frank Barlow, which is uh, interesting. Because yeah, we know who he is now. And yeah. Betty and Billy Williams. And yeah, so. that's but that's, that's like I said earlier, it all that felt very much like, it? let's drop some names was here it? because Corrie fans like it. Yeah. From the 50th, yeah. Um, 50th anniversary of V-Day. Uh, Carla keeps trying to get details from Peter about last night and what he was doing because like we said before there was this bit of a gap here when he was he worked till midnight and then he came home at two and that was a very suspicious block of time and he eventually admits that he was at an AA meeting it seems to just hold these whenever whenever I know late night like, AA at, meeting at any point at time, in time whenever you feel like a drink come to an AA meeting yeah I know maybe that's what they're like I suppose late night is the best time to have your emergency meetings because that's when you're most likely, is it? I don't you get, know, to you get bored. reach for the bottle when the pubs are, pubs are open. don't know. Pubs aren't open at midnight. Oh, yeah. Scott comes in and Emma... Maybe they are on VE day. Did they have... I think they had... Pubs no, weren't open at all on VE day this year. They, they did... Previous years, they have extended the opening hours oh, of go. pubs for things that are patriotic. Mm. Because the Tories like to score a few <laughs> points there. Um, Scott comes in and Emma, Emma's like, oh, your knuckles are bruised like you've beaten up some scallywags. And he says, no, no, I just, I caught it on a door this morning. He should have said, oh, no, I just got my hand stuck inside a vase. And she's, she's like, like, yeah, happened to no. us all. And then she went, I'm going, how would you, how would you happen? Maybe. Uh-oh. <laughs> you've done it again, Emma. <laughs> um, anyway, literally, the only thing to discuss there that... Um, so it was Scott, and it's there's still the the mystery of who is Scott, and the the prevalent theory online at the moment going around is that he's Carla's real dad, isn't it? Which I I don't want to be true, and I don't think is I true. I don't think the could back be the true. Clip of of him talking to Carla about her mum, because it seems weird to me that if he was her dad, he wouldn't realise who her mum was. He must know who he got pregnant. He didn't. He didn't. When Johnny found out that he was Carla's dad, he had a DNA test that literally said it. Yeah. So I don't. I, I think it's impossible unless Corey do a retcon, which you know isn't completely off the cards. It's impossible for him to be Carla's dad, and and I just maybe Corey fans are just or some Corey fans are just saying that because. It's a, a sensational, soapy thing to happen. And no, also, Corrie's just... been recently doing a lot of that recently, but that's the reason why I don't want it to be. I'm fed up of there being so many stories in Coronation Street at the moment about people's family members being someone who they didn't originally think they were, like Steve being Emma's dad, for example. Like the original, Johnny finds out that he's Carla's dad, Evelyn finding, or Tyrone finding out that Evelyn's his um, grandma and Jackie's not his real mum. There's been too much of that recently in Coronation Street people finding out that they're actually related and everything I knew was a lie, I don't need it anymore. It'd be a bit silly to have it happen to the same character twice. Yeah. 
it would. It, it unless, doesn't need this. Unless he is the wife, um, the husband of Carla's real mum. Because it's possible that her mum isn't who she thought her mum was, but, you know... It, it, see, it's, it could be that Johnny feels... had an affair with his wife. He was Carla's real mum, and then she had the baby, and then she, in her grief, did something awful, and then gave the baby to this woman to look... I don't know. It feels very convoluted and messy, and it's about a load of characters that we've never but even met. Is, I know, but the thing is, why does Scott care so much about Carla that he would go and beat up some scallywags if that is indeed what happened when he hates her dad? He doesn't hate her he dad. He does hate Johnny. Does he? What makes you think that? Because he came in to the well, road... Johnny ran away from him. That's... That's because we're assuming that Scott has got something on Johnny. Well, jo- Johnny Scott must know that. If if Scott Scott, there's something, there's some history, back history, with Johnny and Scott. We know this because Johnny was avoiding him, and then he ran away to France. Yeah, Johnny right? can't know. How is it possible that Scott doesn't realise that's what's going on? No, I, th- I think he does realise. Well, then, if he, then there must be bad blood or something that's happened. What could it be that caused that rift between those two men, yet he feels protective over Carla? I don't know. That's but my point. I think not, it, it's not weird that people think that he's her dad. The fact that Johnny... The, the, the main mystery around this is Johnny knows that Scott has got something over him or something, which must mean that the mystery can't be that Scott is Carla's real dad because Johnny Would know. doesn't believe that Scott is Carla's dad. Well, he believes he is it, Carla's Johnny dad. believes that so, he's Carla's dad, so I, he can't think that Scott is, yeah. Yeah. And, th- and there can't be two mysteries in this. That'd be silly. Inception. Just hurry up back from France, Johnny and Jenny, so we can get this solved, it is please. Quite, it is quite mysterious and intriguing. It is. I hope that when the mystery gets revealed, it's worth it it's it's been worth all the weight mm-hmm. but you know I, I don't know whether it will be um anyway so that, that was that story nice to see norris again sad to see that he and frida's weddings are possibly on hold um another mystery this week and that's been a, a bit of a talking point on our facebook group today has been what daniel and nikki got up to which when i watched it i thought it was obvious and now I'm thinking... But a lot of people but, thought the opposite. And yeah. they thought that was obvious as well. Yeah. So basically, Daniel spends Monday's episode having a good old mope in his flat. He's got a photo of him and Nikki, um, the girl from the bar who turned out to be a sex worker. Um, he's got this photo on his phone. Um, and then he decides to go and see her. Um, he gets himself drunk first. He goes down to the shop, gets a load of lager from, from Evelyn and not just any lager. Premium. Premium lager. So that he can get completely uh, pie-eyed. And she, he, he's, he's cracked open a can before he's even left, left the, the shop. Um, good, good lad. <laughs> which Evelyn tells Adam about later. Although I don't think anything particularly comes from Adam knowing that Daniel's getting himself drunk. So maybe that's to come later. Well, that, the thing is, he had set up an alibi, hadn't he? And he said he was playing squash. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so Adam now knows. But who's looking isn't the after case. Bertie? I don't know where Bertie is during any of this. Maybe they said, or maybe they forgot. Maybe it. maybe Adam got tricked into looking after Bertie because he thought that 
Daniel was playing squash, but he was just working up a sweat doing something else. But was Bertie with Adam at the time? I, I don't, don't know. Remember. I don't know. I think that Daniel just puts um, Bertie in front of the laptop and plays uh, Sinead's videos on yeah. loop, and that's the babysitter. Um, yeah, so yeah, where Daniel actually is, is going to the hotel to see Nikki, who lets him into the room at the end of Monday's episode. Hotel room, yeah. Um, Wednesday starts with Daniel freaking out a little bit, thinking he's made a mistake. He tries to escape out the door, and Nikki says, look, don't worry... A lot of my clients are married. You're not the only one. And he's like, no, no, it's not that. And then he's the floodgates open, and and she is, um, yeah, inundated with. He tells her his life story about how basically died. Yeah, I mean, she she should be lucky that she didn't get the whole mummy issues story that he's also had. I had to raise myself, you know. I know. Just, but no, That's she the he, next week. he just catches her up on his latest tragedy, which is about his dead wife. About how lonely he is. Yeah, and she says, oh, you don't have to be lonely anymore. Um, and, and that that's was it. £220, please. T- £220, that's the cost of the room included. She's, Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, she says, um, she says uh, including the room, that's 220 quid. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, I'm staying here then. You can bugger off. I thought you might get it, get it for free because he did t- give her a load of money know, last week, didn't he? What about the instalment I gave you? Yeah, he's in credit. Yeah, I, I yeah. If, if I had to pay for the room as well, she'd be out on her ear. <laughs> I think she's she's got a right racket here because I bet you there's somebody else waiting down the, down, down the corridor and she tells them all she's got. It's Jeff, isn't it? It's... Oh, I need some more money for the room. Um, Daniel uh, goes back home, has a shower. Um, I, I think you, you said that he deleted the photo, didn't you? Because I wasn't I sure what, what happened there. But yeah. he looks at the photo and then the photo's not there anymore. So he's he's kind of, whatever, he, he's, he's looking regretful about whatever it was that transpired in that hotel room. Which literally, honestly, I thought they just talked. Oh, did you? I, 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 at no point during Wednesday's episode did I think that they'd, they'd done the nasty. Whereas in the Facebook group, it, it seemed to be a bit of a 50-50 because people were asking, did, did Daniel and Nikki sleep together? And half the people there were saying, well, yeah, of course they did. And half of them were like, no, I didn't think they did. Well, the fact you had a shower was interesting you know well you can have a shower for other reasons can't you than just yeah hiding washing away the evidence yeah exactly so i i don't know whether that him having a shower enough was uh, just just having a shower was enough to suggest that they did it well if she if they didn't then she still charged him the full amount which i think Unfair. She gives premium conversation. He should have gone to Toya. She's a top therapist. I know this. I also said this on the Facebook group this week. Toya's rates are a whole lot more reasonable, and she's you know, she needs the money at the moment. I know. She's she's she's, she's she's possibly got a kid on the horizon that she needs to pay for. She's not a counselor anymore. She's a nebulous worker. Yeah, doing who knows what at the factory, but it's she's so vital to the running of Underworld that um, she, she's given Friday off to go out on a protest. I know. Um, so so the, the main question here is, how does a single father with no job rustle up 220 quid to talk or, or shag a lady? So it's that Sinead's life insurance. He's ca- he cashed it in, she, yeah. He, he took one out, some, some out on her. Maybe, maybe he did. Although... I don't know how much life insurance that she would have got. It depends. Depends on whether they sort of pre or post diagnosis. Well, it depends on whether they spoke <laughs> to her first, and if they if they had, they would have come away going, "This woman is useless. <laughs> You're not getting any money out of this." Yeah, even if the cancer doesn't get her, she's probably just going to walk in front of a bus one of these <laughs> days. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess with the whole sexy times thing, I mean, maybe we'll find out when Nikki gets pregnant. 
But well. like I said last week on the podcast, I am in no mood at all for Daniel to get romantically involved with anybody. But it looks like this isn't the last we've seen of Nikki because she seemed like quite a nice caring source. And, and almost that chatty Jeez. persona that was was there the first time that he met her in the bar last week it felt like a bit more of a front because she seemed a lot more down to earth and shoulder to cry on ish on on wednesday's episode so well she has to be a personable um companion doesn't she she does she gets paid to be interested in you yeah maybe daniel's gonna find the real nikki behind the mask i don't know whether i, I don't know how I mean, Sinead and Daniel were doomed because she was, Sinead died of cancer. This is doomed because I don't think that Daniel could really handle sleeping, well, dating a sex worker who has to sell her affections to other men. I know, it, apart from the fact that, yeah, it feels like Bethany Mark too. He's far too intellectual and sensitive to be able to brush this off, if, if indeed anyone could be expected to. Mm. Uh, yeah, it feels a bit afterlife as well, doesn't it? Uh, you know, with the with the sex worker there as the I don't friend. Know, she wasn't dating him. No, but they they were they were they, friends, they, weren't they, they? Sort of grew to be companions. Yeah. Yeah. I I I don't I don't know. I think this is weird. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. I think it's weird. Yeah. It it was. Um. I want to know how much research they did to find out what the rate of a session is, and is this realistic, or did they just go, "We're not going to look into this. We just how much you, how much would you do it for?" And it was kind of like just fishing as well as trying to trying to work out. Yeah. Uh well, um, I, I'm sure that Nikki will be back because the fact that he was looking at the picture on the phone at the end of the episode makes me think that he's not quite over her, and he he falls in love too quickly, doesn't he? Daniel. He does seem to be a bit of a serial philanderer. He's looking for somebody to fill that hole in his life. I, I don't know why he... I, I find it a bit... He should take a book, a, a leaf out of Imran's book and, do, and date Leanne and Toya at the same time because he can get Toya for the counselling and Leanne for the prostitution. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, that's that. Yeah. D- <laughs> so what do you think of Nikki? Um... She's nice enough. She's she's nice enough. I really she, liked how completely... I know this is not a surprise, but she was completely non-judgmental to to. And she's like, oh no, all my all my clients are flander uh, are adulterers. I don't mind at all. Everyone gets lonely sometimes, you know. Mm. <laughs> I she, wonder what she really thinks. She seemed nice enough, but it's, I, I don't know. We haven't seen the the real Nikki yet. And she's only been in what two episodes so far? Three maybe, and. The first time I saw her last week, I thought, I don't need to invest in this character. She seems to be a bit of a one-off. And now it feels like, oh, maybe she's going to come back again. Do you reckon that she could end up blackmailing Daniel? That'd be quite fun. Maybe. It'd be a nice twist. that she's going to end up in a relationship with Daniel and we're going to have to go through the heartache of, oh, I don't want you to be on the game. Well, Daniel, that's how you met me. How am I supposed to earn a crust? Well, you should just get a job at the factory like everyone else. Oh. Maybe. Um, It'd be kind of interesting if she turned out to be evil because, of course, she seems nice. That's her job, to be nice to men for money. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 he's, just, he's just not ready to move on. Again? Again, yeah. So, Never so a twist it. to that story um, 
I'd, I'd be all for, I suppose. Um, oh, my. Speaking of, um, of doomed relationships, Seb and Alina and Emma, every time this story came on this week, I gave a little sigh, which is weird considering... We were into it before. We were into it before. We liked... We, we, we like Emma. I, I kind of like Alina. I, 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 Seb's, you know, got his charms. But the fact that this story has this appeared is like... again, it's reared its ugly head after two months and we're beginning it with saying, uh, who's dating who at the moment? Are they still all living? Are they friends? Are they, what, what, they got beef with each other? And, it's and... just like watching three hopeless idiots, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, Go on. With no, like, bumbling around each other unable to say what they think and it's not really fascinating no and i I don't think they were any further at the end of the week than they were at the beginning of the week other than emma had her hand stuck in a vase on monday the living arrangements are still causing issues between seb emma and alina they're all living in the flat together and seb's been trying to find somewhere to live for a while now and he keeps complaining that he doesn't have he can't get anywhere and um, he's promising he'll find somewhere new soon, and um, then then he, she and Emma and Alina will. She says you'll be friends. I won't be here anymore, and everything's going to be fine. Who brings Emma flowers? Because he said he made a mess in the flat, and she's not very impressed with this. And then Alina asks Seb if he thinks that he and Emma could reconcile, and he thinks that's probably not going to happen. And he says, oh, I'm in love with someone else. And she's like, oh, does she know who, does she know that you love her? And all this, you know, basically talking about her. And they both sort of know, but they're dancing around it. Mm. Like, and then, and then Emma comes in and she's like, these flowers are crap. <laughs> um, it kind of kills the mood a little bit. Um, then we get Michael talking about Grace to Alina and then the conversation turns from that to her and Seb, and we find out that she still likes Seb as well, um, even though she reluctantly admits it. So it all feels just like you know playground. It she, does. my mate, fancies you, and she and you oh, fancy her. Oh, but what her. if he doesn't really fancy me? Oh, how can I find out? I'll send him a note. Do you like me? Yes or it's, no? Tick it, the box. Tell you what, it's no Ken Deirdre and Mike this, is it? No, it's very, <laughs> it's very juvenile and it's a bit weird too because these characters are all a bit too old for this. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so so he, he blatantly told her that he liked her on Monday and then on Wednesday she's telling Michael that she likes him. Um. And, it, and the, the main sticking point is basically Emma is the the ghost haunting their flat <laughs> mm. and, and preventing love from blossoming. So on Wednesday, um, when Seb comes back after telling Michael... No, Alina's told Michael. They, they're in the flat together and he comes on to her and she pushes him away and he says, just tell me you don't have feelings for me and I'll leave it. And she says that it wouldn't be fair on Emma. We'll just try to be friends. Good luck. So on Friday, Seb apologises to Emma about all the mixed messages that he's been giving her. She drops off again, doesn't she? Yeah. She's been a right grunt this week, oh, Emma. No, it's not been really great, is it? Not been a good Emma week. He, he and Alina agree to have a drink as mates later, but then Alina comes back to the flat, and there is Emma, and she's got her hand stuck in a vase. Doing, She's been doing some washing up, hasn't she, in her Yeah. Hand? Which, which sound, I think that does sound quite good on paper. It sounds it like... It was a, funny. I was prepared. I was like, oh, what? I, 
I'm hoping that they'll make something of this on Friday. No, but on I, Monday. I thought I would hate it, but then uh, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is actually quite funny. She's still sweet. Emma, Emma still is sweet and funny. It's, it's, will, will they take the idea of Emma's hand being stuck in a vase and do funny stuff with it, or will they just have her going, oh, my hand's stuck in a vase, how can I get it out? And, and then because of that, and Alina maybe trying to help get the hand out of the vase, she's late for this meeting for a drink with Seb and that's it but but the other alternative is this could be this could you know uh, this could turn into the episode the the classic episode the one where Emma gets her hands stuck in a vase and they could come up with some funny situations and some great dialogue with it and you know somebody getting their hands stuck hands stuck in a vase feels like it could be the the synopsis to a 1970s Coronation Street plot. It does plot. feel like it could be a classic uh, setup, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you, you know the one where Hilda got her head stuck in a vase? Or hands stuck in a vase, sorry. Uh, I don't really know what the dilemma here is, though. Well, I, I think it's, like I said, I think that Alina's now going to be stuck rescuing Emma and she's going to I miss on her date, not date Alina with, with Seb. Alina can just solve the problem by going, Emma, are you making a fist? <laughs> <laughs> Relax your hand. Yeah, maybe. Um, so th- th- I mean, honestly, that there. was the most interesting part of the whole. That's that's yeah. Finally, in the last scene of the episode, or, and, and this is after three episodes worth of it, that's the last bit where my attention and my my ears pricked up a little bit more, and that that there felt like a return to the Emma that we liked. It's we... all just a bit insipid, and and it, uh, and it's not showing the characters off to their best. No, I can't believe that. It was only like six months ago. We were like, oh, I want Emma, I want Seb to go out with both of them. I like Seb with Alina. Oh, but I love Seb with oh, Emma. Well, they're both perfect. It doesn't matter which one that they what go about for. Alina? Poor Alina. And, and, now, and now I'm kind of like, oh, I don't Hope care. Die. Pick one. And, and so, yeah, that was just a bit of a yawn fest, really. Like I said earlier, they, they were no further forward, really, than they were at the beginning of the week. And at the beginning, of, if you'd have asked me like last week, so what's the situation with Sabalina and, and Emma, I, I wouldn't have known. So they could have created whatever situation they wanted at the beginning of the week. Yeah. Moving on to the, to the final few stories. Imran and Toya have got a new little, um, a new little project, haven't they? Which seems a to have been pulled out of nowhere. Um, well, Toya has got another one of her protests with Evelyn and Nina first thing on Friday, and Imran's a bit worried that she's going to miss their very important meeting that's coming up soon. Um, I wish Why that I hadn't we... known what the meeting was going to be about, because I think if, I, if I'd if i been completely in the dark about it, I'd been like, ooh, I wonder what it is, and then, oh, it's fostering. Whereas, um, because I, I'd seen in some spoilers that they were going to be involved in some fostering, um, yeah, it lost the lost the mystery for me, unfortunately. I like the bit where she's going, oh, I've got to go to a meeting, and I think it was Evelyn or something, oh, mysterious meeting, and she's like, no, not to me. I quite like that, the way that, that um, Toya was like, no, I know what I'm doing, but I'm still not going to tell you. <laughs> I really like Yeah, because they, they go to the protest, come back, have a bit of a chat about the pronunciation of Boudicca, or Bodicea, and um, How do you say it? Boudicca. I say Bodicea. You're wrong. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about this after the podcast, Gemma. All oh, right, OK. Um, yeah, so anyway, they're, 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 it's a fostering meeting that they're going to have somebody come round to the flat to visit them. And uh, they're all looking quite excited and, and cheery and positive about this. And, and like they've been having their own secret story off screen. I know. Of course. Of course they would be having this interesting storyline off screen. Why would we be want to hear them talking about this? 
what interest of this would be to us. Mm. Nothing at all. I almost put this in with the Ollie Wobbles story because it seems perfectly written to cause tension and drama between Toya and Leanne. And, well, and to be honest, it does seem a little bit insensitive of them to be saying... Well, it's not like they must have just decided. There must have, this must have been months in the making before Ollie even got sick. Yeah, which is why it would have go, been a shame. Oh, it, it would have been nice. a child. I'll just phone up and see what they got in. That, that's how this comes across a little bit, though, doesn't it? No. Only because only you're not paying attention. Well, there hasn't been any clues up until this point that Tyra and Imran are interested no, in fostering. But you I mean, have to imagine they've spoken about it. Yeah, I know. I just wish that we'd seen some of it. I mean, yeah, me two too. years ago, we couldn't shut up Toya about getting a kid. And this time, it's suddenly it been dropped on us. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the thing. Well, last time I kept going on about it. Look another what podcast. Yeah. So, oh. Baby rabies, they called it. I think it could be an interesting um, an interesting direction for them. But, will you know, it, again... Will it go fos- anywhere, though? Probably not. I Because... because I think Imran was like, you've got to tell Leanne, I think, right? It was, they they were talking like about when's, when's the right time to talk to Leanne about this because I think they're thinking that, oh, Ollie's on the up because that's what people were saying this episode, wasn't it? Like, Who oh, knows he... what sound ducks make? Yeah. Um, that's all you need it, on it feels, It you feels to me that... Of any sort. You just need to know animal noises. It's either going to cause tension between them and Toy will end up looking like a bit of a cow or she's going to realise... Yeah, let's let's leave it for a bit, shall we? So you don't think it is likely that by the end of the year we're going to have Toya and Imran as mummy and daddy? Maybe by the end of the year. Well, I suppose the other thing is, it, if that's what they really want, and let's just assume that they off-screen they have been talking about this for a long time and they haven't just woken up one morning and decided that it would be lovely if they had a kid, does the Anne and the predicament that she and Steve and Nick are going through at the moment, do they have the right to to stop them and yes it is a bit awkward why would you stop them well my child's sick so you can't have one but i I think leanne's going to feel might feel resentful towards toya if she's going playing happy families with imran at the same time that leanne herself is going through all of this drama very well do but it's not fair is it no it's not fair especially considering that you know Leanne, like Toya's never blamed Leanne for just having a baby without even meaning to. Mm. When if anyone's she tried got so cause hard to be it. resentful about the situation to begin with, it would have been Toya. Yeah. Like, oh, you don't, you don't even want to have a baby, and you've, you know. Mm. Do you think that? Um, I, I, I'm wondering how much Imran does want kids. I know because we know that Toya really, really, really wants a baby, and and. Uh, this is going to be interesting to see. Does she want a baby or does she want a child? Because the likelihood of them adopting a baby. really young baby fostering. is fostering. Sorry, is is not very likely. I don't but know. I don't know about that. I, I think fostering. I think I could, fostering a baby must be the hardest thing because I, because you 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 not you're not adopting. You're doing all the hard work. The baby's never going to remember you. You don't know when the mother's going to or when it's going to be taken back. Mm. You're just looking after this screaming, pooing machine for someone else. It's, that's that's like the definition of unconditional love, isn't it? Yeah, You're I won- not going to get anything... I wonder whether Toya and Imran are kind of thinking, we're going to get one and it's for keeps, or whether they're thinking, oh, let's, I don't know if you let's can say try that. it out for I one. I don't know that you can be like that with foster children. No, I guess not. I mean, because with- some of them are 
some of them are, look, we need to get this kid somewhere because the parents have gone, you know, like like with Abby, really. Mm. I mean, that, that turned into a permanent solution, didn't it? Because Abby gave them up. Yeah. yeah. But plenty of other children just get fostered because they temporarily need somewhere to live and putting them in care is not, not really a good solution. Yeah, which we've seen before on Coronation Street and quite a lot, to be honest. This, this, the, the idea of characters fostering is running the risk of becoming a bit stale because it, it used to be Rita and Len and, and then we had um, Roy and Haley did some fostering. We had Steve and Becky were looking into fostering at the same time as Anna and Owen were. And Anna lucked out, I suppose, at the end because she did get to keep Faye I mean, I know she abandoned her in the end, but because Tim turned up on the scene, Faye yeah. didn't end up going away. So I, I like the idea. I like the idea of fostering as a as a concept for a, a TV for a soap. Um, and it, it it makes sense in these characters' cause, cases because also you could be like you you could be the sort of person who adopts a child and then decides um, fosters a child and then says, "I would really like to adopt this child. Can can, can we make this happen?" And then the child gets adopted, and you yeah, actually. Like, Go to go to find the local assassin and say, "Can you can you just deal just with the, the parents, please?" Well, and, and then you and then you sort of. I'm, you, sure, Toy, I'm sure Imran knows some shady shady guys that would do that. And then you end up so you just foster and then adopt one mm. child, or you could be the sort of people who foster a series of children, or even have multiple children at once from different families, or and you just sort of keep fostering them in and out. Mm. Honestly, I'd love to do that. I like the idea that it builds a starting to build a bit of a family between Imran and Toya. If I had Toya. a big house, I'd love to foster kids, loads of kids. Because Imran and Toya's relationship has been not, you know, one of the best developed. I mean, none of the relationships. It does are seem a bit. It does like, from the point of view of, this is a this is a big commitment here. I don't feel like we've been asked to commit to Toya and Imran as a couple. No where's the build-up? I mean, is this supposed to convince us that they're definitely serious? Yeah, I mean, I suppose so. There's just been an awful lot going on off-screen between like those two. Those, they're a pair of backstabby bitches, aren't they, really? Because they're, they're living in a house with three other people. Yeah. And they're like, well, we'll go to this meeting and decide whether we're going to kick them out with no notice. Did they talk about that or did they, they say that they, they wanted to? Them. I thought they were saying that they might want oh. to go move somewhere else. Well, they definitely last. doesn't really look like the sort of place that they should be living in, to be honest. No. I mean, Gar- Gary and Maria have a, have a swanky fa- a flat that seems to be a bit more to the standard of yeah, Toya. Yeah, befitting of a lawyer and a counsellor. Yeah, so so you've got a hairdresser and a loan shop <laughs> living in this. Although I don't think Imran would want to move into this um, p- pink and bronze marbled boudoir that Maria set up for herself. Yeah, but if, if they did move to Victoria Court, it'd help him with his spying of Gary. It'd be a good stakeout place, wouldn't it? Yeah. Do you think that Imran does want kids, or do you think he's just going along with it for Toya, though? We've speculated about this before, and I think I mentioned something along the lines of I wondered whether there was some kind of genetic thing, because we had... I know that Emma Dow has done a storyline about somebody who's got a genetic disorder or something, and now we've got Ollie with the genetic things, and they're not going to do it again, but I thought it was notable that you had Imran and Rana who both could have been settled down and have kids types, because they were both married at one point, seemingly happily, at least to begin with. Mm. And the subject of children never came up, and they never had children. I thought that the subject of children did come up with Rana, and she didn't want them. 
well, didn't no, want I... them with Zidane, but then she that's... did want them with Kate or something. No, Kate wanted them. That's right, and Rana didn't. And I, that yeah, that's, that's what right. set me down the path of thinking. Wonder if there's something a bit more to this mm. because because that's why that's exactly that's right because it because in right you know a man not wanting kids to me does, is not unusual I don't know I've, maybe I'm being sexist but it seems like in a relationship it's it, predominantly women who want to have children I don't know and that and so the fact that Rana was like saying no I don't and then Imran was like we never had kids together yeah I know I think the insinuation was that his Sabine was um, a very high-flying professional woman who wouldn't have had time to, to, to have children. Yeah. And maybe that's what happened. Maybe Imran wanted kids and she, she didn't because she didn't want it to get in the way of her job. Mm. And now he's with Toya and she's always wanted kids, but she can't have them. Yeah. Um, it is interesting. I think it is. I think it, w- it would be nice to discover why Imran never had kids with his first wife. Yeah. Although but to will, me, will Corey been... actually tell us this, or will no, it just be used they... as a, no, as I say, even. something to get him in, in the way of the Ollie and Leanne story? I just keep thinking, Imran's too young to have kids. He's just a little little tyke. <laughs> I don't even know how he knows any law. And Toya's far too irrespons- irresponsible anyway, because she's going up and doing these protests at the moment. I know. Do again, you think that the Foster what? I I was I was I was just disappointed that we're not seeing any of these protests. I'm struggling to to picture current Toya going on a protest because she just comes across as being so straight laced and we know that Toya's got it in her especially how she came into the show 20 years ago but we see so little of this outspoken free-spirited opinionated Toya she's just yeah as I say very um I tell you what I bet you I bet you night come nine o'clock Imran's off watching Top Gear whatever she's in the front room glass of wine Twitter arguing with people well, I need to see this. I need Getting to see a bit more fire Going on there, finding all the people belly. who've got hashtag all lives matter and just going and going, no, you don't understand. <laughs> and if all lives matter, then black lives matter too. No, 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 no. She'd have the time of her life right now. <laughs> I also thought it was a bit funny that we they went to this protest and we don't know what they were protesting about. No, they did. They said it was something to do with an MP. Yeah. I, think they, I thought they said... An MP but what? I don't know. I didn't I didn't. I thought they just down. said that they were going to accost her on the way in and the way out. I can't remember. He may be right. I don't know. I would like them to actually... Um, it, it seems a bit irritating and empty to have, oh, these characters like protesting, but we're not going to commit ourselves to, to tell you what it is that they particularly care about. They just really like protesting. <laughs> it makes them all look a bit frivolous and empty-headed, doesn't it? It's not like there's a lack of things to protest about. They said it last time, definitely. I don't remember what it was, but the last lot of protests and they went on. They need to decide whether these protests that they go on are funny, whimsical ones or serious serious ones or or plausible, you know, like plausible ones. There's three mm. types. Like, they could go off and protest about... Um, lesser spotted speckled bat, bat habitats being destroyed by the local uh, funky muck burger town <laughs> then they could have like we're going to protest Black Lives Matter or um, uh, you know police pro- yeah, whatever police brutality and, and then there could be um, something that is a bit less political like environment mm. But they haven't even picked one of those. No, they just like they. They just seem to like the opportunity to have the characters come back from a protest and describe what funny thing happened there. I know, but and I would like, really oh, like them to come see, on, to show see it, them. Why well, can't it, I tell you what they should protest the hospital because they can just go outside and do that? Yeah, 
or police station or something. So, so when you so do you picture Imran and Toya actually having fo- uh, getting to the st- stage of fostering a child? I'd like well, to, but year, I don't. Will they have a little kiddie running around going, "Screw you! You're not my real dad." I'm. I'm gonna say. I don't I'm going to say, yeah, in my I'm mind, say no. I have this really I'd re- vivid... I'd love them to. I have this really vivid mental image of them, like, getting to this meeting. I don't know if they can do any of this, though, because I don't know how much they have to worry about representing foster, the fostering experience in a truthful way, or whether they can just be silly and throw away with it. But it'd be quite fun and interesting to have Toya and Imran turn up and they'll be like oh you know I can't wait for you to meet this guy he's a cheeky chappy he's a bit of a handful you better watch out I really like cars and then you get there and you're expecting to see a five-year-old like tousle haired blonde angelic cherub child Max and Mark it's actually too. like a 17 year old kid who's like smoking and drinking and, <laughs> and running around with girls imagine if they fostered somebody who was um yeah diametrically opposed to Toya and Imran's Beliefs. values because yeah. they are very yeah, moralistic people aren't they maybe what? it's some rampant meat eater or uh... <laughs> somebody who doesn't believe in justice <laughs> <laughs> yeah some anarchist although toy is an know, anarchist of yeah, it, isn't she? she was what, back in the day what about if they accidentally end up adopting um fostering r kelly oh kelly if, if the mum if the mum just flits off again maybe it could be, it, it could very well be possible that it would make sense that it they would. could that, that foster could sense, a current it, cast member. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Billy would could die and uh, she could have Summer. Maybe. Well, well, we will see, won't we? I think Summer and, and Toya are so similar to one another. I can just imagine if they if they moved in together... I think of all the intellectual discussions they could no, have. No, I just imagine them developing a twin language. You know like twins do when they speak their own language <laughs> to each other? <laughs> yeah, and they're just sitting on the sofa and Imran comes in and they're going... <laughs> and Imran's like... Okay. <laughs> Tea? Vegetable lasagna, anyone? Finally, Gemma. Yeah. Tyrone and Fizz. Summed up in two scenes. <laughs> On Friday, um, they're looking. Fizz and Tyrone are looking through Evelyn's diary to see what she's up to. Yeah, and she's she's got lots of dates planned in and and With things to do and protests to go to, and they realise that she has a so a better social life than them. And I honestly, I don't know why where this revelation comes from. I thought that being a retiree, that was the point of retiring so you can actually do stuff you want to do instead of being bogged down with the grind of everyday life <laughs> of having a job and caring for children True. anyway then they, they this is a revelation to them so they fizz points out to them that they've missed the young romance stage in their relationship and i think i'd like to point out to her that that's exactly what every single couple in coronation street has to go through nobody goes through the young romance stage and goes courting apart from sabalina and emma and we spend the whole time going this is boring i want to get get on with it i think it was also the fact that they were thrown together and they both had kids there so was drama there was massive drama when they got together yeah. the, the culmination of the kirsty story yeah but they just yeah they had their kids and then they had to be you know, they parents really at go, the same time yeah. as being newly in love. They couldn't go dating, yeah. they couldn't step out. Although this, well, this wasn't the first time that they'd been out even, has it? I because know. they used to, and I think Fizz does say that. But Well, they just went straight to the grown-up part and, the, the you know, the planning the dinner part and the clearing the table part. They just got stuck in a rut, haven't they? And so they decided to do something nice together that evening. Yes. 
we to be continued. Mm. I think that's the thing we're all waiting for on Monday, isn't it? Yeah. What's I, their date going to be? I don't. I don't know, but I don't mind. I found this very pleasantly realistic. I can see some people finding it boring. I know lots of people don't <laughs> like Fizz and Tyrone, but I've got an awful lot of time for them, as you know. I, I enjoyed this stuff. I think the fact that they are just, you know, boring and there's not a whole lot of drama that goes on with them is is refreshing. Do you know what I would like? They feel the, the most realistic out of almost any couple on the Coronation Street at the moment, to be fair. I would like... Because the thing about Coronation Street is that it's a, lo- it's a labour of love of many different people and there's no... There is no one guiding principled person or or concept that, that drives Coronation Street f- throughout the years. There's, there's no there's no like uh, rule book or you know list of list of things that you must never do. Mm. Right, anything goes. When the producer comes in, they can do what they like with these, these characters as long as people will enjoy watching it. it doesn't matter. Yeah, I would really like. There, then, there to be some kind of big book of things that you must never do, uh, or like every producer can put like three vetoes <laughs> when they pass on the show. Like, don't split up so and so. Yeah. Never kill Thingamabob. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it does feel like no one's safe. No, no couple or relationship or actor or I mean, there are a few like big names that you know will never like never go unless they they decide to leave. Mm. But. It would be really nice if we could know. I mean, we don't need to know, but it would be nice if there was some something behind the scenes that was this big... I know they can't do this, but just, like, could there be a way of going, in the future, in 50 years' time, Fizz and Tyrone are going to find this out, and I've laid the, I've laid the foundations. Mm. It's just there's no way of doing it, because that's not how soaps work. No. And no producer's going to start being told what to do like the last person who who left Mm. but it is um it is interesting that Fizz and Tyrone are still together um I mean they've been together for what eight years now seven eight years which is a long time in modern Corrie parlance well they've been together since we've done the podcast yeah just yeah just just after we started they got together um it was the Kirsty and Tyrone stuff from the first and they haven't had a whole lot of drama there was a few bits and bobs were like that guy that antiques guy that yeah fizz had her head turned yeah but on the whole they've been yeah nice and comfortable and and yeah that's not exciting stuff but it's realistic and cozy and and i hope that they stay together and i hope they realize that they're the fact that they you know they feel so comfortable with each other is is what makes them a good couple it isn't it is something that everyone can relate to as well like they are really in stuck in a grind and yeah. every day we just do the chores or whatever. Yeah, I think they're just looking around and saying, Oh, the, across the road somebody's getting murdered. They're they're having a a love triangle over there. That person's got a dying child. I know we used to have that, but uh, we, we haven't got one out. at the moment. This person's got somebody mysterious in their past that's got some kind of secret over their dad. What have we got? Nothing. We, our biggest dilemma is what should we watch on TV tonight, ITV or Channel 4? Our biggest dilemma is, should I treat myself and have three fish fingers or should <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just have two? <laughs> fish fingers or turkey twizzlers for dinner tonight. <laughs> so they're just jealous of everyone else. But I just want to look, t- take them and say, don't worry, you're doing fine, it's Tyrone. Fine. And, and it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 honestly, what I'd say to them is, 
why don't you try getting married? You know how you've been engaged for five years? Yeah, give that a crack. That would be lovely to have them have something to focus on. It would, would also be a nice thing to do for the, the 60th anniversary year to have a wedding of characters that we actually care about yeah. who have actually got an established relationship, not just two people that got engaged three months ago. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that would be lovely. They don't even live in a house together. I, I've almost given up hope on them actually getting married. It seems to have been very conveniently forgotten about. But if, if that's the that outcome either. of this, that they decide, right, let's let's actually do this now. I can't believe they haven't got married, considering that some people forget that they're mar- they're not married and say that they're married. And they are such a, a long-running couple. And, if, and Coronation Street... Like, they're, they're not unpopular. I, I wouldn't say that they're in anyone's top five characters. No, I, I, don't, I don't think that people would object to them getting married. Some people might not care about it. I know, but I don't, I don't remember is there the anybody, last time I cared about a Coronation Street wedding. Is there anybody out there saying, no, keep, they, they don't belong together, split them up? It's either no, I don't care is. about them, or yeah, let's see them getting married, so... Come on, let's let's see him getting married, please, Corey. I think it'd be lovely. It I think it would be nice. Yeah, yeah, and after and look, all the drama with Jade, it'd be nice. Well, I think it'd be a good way to have a nostalgic wedding too, because he, because you know, we could have Tyrone talking about how he wishes Jack and Vera were there, and yeah, yada yada yada. Absolutely, absolutely, it'd be lovely, and also Evelyn's involvement, of course, would be Evelyn wonderful. Would be absolutely fantastic. Like she could just fizz turns up, and she'd be like. When are you getting changed? <laughs> <laughs> is that what you're wearing? Yeah, is it? so many that so many great put downs. Evelyn could have in her stash, and, and also opportunities to be secretly sentimental. And Hope and Ruby as little bridesmaids, oh, little flower girls, yeah. tossing petals everywhere. Well, maybe Toya and could Arthur... be a bridesmaid. No, and Arthur. <laughs> Why not? She's a bit old to be a bridesmaid. Well, who else is there? Be she's supposedly friends with Fizz. I don't know if we've ever seen any evidence of it in the past exactly. three years. Um, Evelyn could take Arthur as her date. I think that they should have some. Um, I think that Fizz and Tyrone should go out with um, Toya and Imran on just some evenings together. Like That's true, actually. They've never just gone out casually no. as a... If they're, if they're, they're fed up... Imran and, and uh, Toya Bear start doing what they can while, they, while they've got a chance because there'll be no going out for dates mm. when they're the joy if, if, if Fizz and Tyrone are moaning that all they're doing is talking about what they're having for tea and talking about the girls then they need to get themselves some friends go out and then they won't be talking about girls and fish fingers will they? They'll be talking about you know things that people their age talk about. Well they could put Imran and Toya off as well. They could. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell you what Hope tried to set fire to the... Uh, the bedroom what, it would again be today. a good idea for them to act. Have you ever seen Toya and Imran babysitting anybody? Um, I'm not going to say no. I think they should do to give it a whirl. Maybe they'll be like, you know what, this is rubbish. Mm. <laughs> I can't believe that we spent more time talking about these two stories that had about five scenes between them than we did about any of the other major stories this week. But it, as I said but at the beginning of this, everything was a bit of a continuation yeah, of what we'd seen before. Will they, won't they, with Shona and David? Oh, I hope Ollie's going to be okay. Mm, what's the mystery with Scott? Oh, Daniel, he's a bit sad, isn't he? You, you know, there, yeah. there wasn't a whole lot new which is why I don't think I can really give this week any more than um, 
two beans in a five bean no not two two and a half beans in a five bean soup out of five what about you i'm gonna give it three thicknesses of porridge (laughs) because apparently that's one of the major problems of fizz and tyrone's life the thing is that yeah it it is mundane and you do feel you do feel crap when you realize that that's your major concern in a day but there are people that would kill to have that problem yeah um who can we have as the character of the week this week? Oh, it's difficult. Yeah. I don't of... want it to be... I don't want to give it to Shona because I... There, were, there weren't many people that stood out to me as Mika as really, you know, fighting their corner or saying, well done them to any, to, to any of them. Um, I, mean, I mean, Shona was, was good fun, but I feel like it would be a betrayal to old Shona to give new Shona. <laughs> yeah, she'd have to be in her own little category. And you could, you could give it to Nikki for putting up with Daniel's blubbing. I'd put up with anything for an hour for 200 dollars <laughs> <laughs> um, And you get a room as well. But, yeah, oh gosh. Because all those it? tiny little cartons of milk she's got now. Mm. I would have taken that if I was Daniel. If, I, if I'm giving you 220 quid, I'm taking all the tiny soaps and shampoos... And I'm taking the tea bags and the little bit packets of biscuits. And I'm stealing a towel. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay, then. Let's... Now it's really hard to look. Literally, know, this, is a bit of a... this is a hard week. Yeah. Nobody is standing out particularly at all. David? I was just thinking of characters that were in that were in it more. Dan- Daniel? No, because he betrayed the memory of poor Shona. <laughs> um, Shona? No, sorry, this is Sinead. Um, Leanne, because she was a bit dramatic and Jane did a good job. Dunno. I don't know. Who can we give it to? Evelyn. Maybe I'll give it... Nina. It's not often that we're... I'm completely stumped. Sometimes I'm stumped because I'm like, well, it could could be this, this and this, because they were all really good, but this week it was... There were seven different storylines and a lot of them were just bitty ones. And even, you know, the VE Day, the thing about the VE Day one was it gave lots of people a chance to have a tiny chat, but that just spreads everything out a bit more, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to give it to, to Rita, Norris, Ken or whoever else it was, um, Audrey, just for that those scenes. I'm definitely not going to give it to Carla and Peter. Mm. Roy, because he, he, he was a bit wise with... With David and and Shona this week. What about uh, Aaron? <laughs> Aaron and Aaron and Nikki. Guys, it's really hard. Um, I'm gonna go Shona. I'm gonna go Shona because she was, she was entertaining, kind of. Uh, I'm not convinced by this story, as you know, but um, I I, I like Shona and um. Uh, her, her new personality um, is, is is sparky and um, unpredictable, and I, and I kind of like that. Now you've got to choose. Why, no. why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Tradition. I'm going to pick Bodicea <laughs> for inspiring us all. You go for it. You pick Bodicea. Sure. I can't <laughs> honestly. I don't know. It's like it's going to be her or 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 Nikki. I mean, maybe the spirit lives on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what would Bodicea be doing now if she? Why, were why, alive? why are you giving this a three and not less? Because I'm not. 
because I feel like a horrible bitch if I go give you, it you less you than three. Like, you always give it half a point more than me, know, which makes me feel like a horrible bitch every week. <laughs> All right, I'll give it two and a half then. <laughs> yes, got you, got you down, changed that on your spreadsheet. Two and a half thicknesses of porridge. Fine. So that doesn't make sense. Uh, and we've got Shona and Bodicea as characters of the week. No, Nikki, I'll give it to Nikki. Fine, okay. Because Nikki was in it. <laughs> well, there we go, that's this week's card. Hoping it's going to be good, and I, and I, this week I was hoping that the Yasmin story would rear its head again. Next week, surely it must, shouldn't it? We we've got to yeah. have Even the end of Yasmin's one very long week off. Yeah. So with that, with Ollie, with some Toya and Imran adoption stuff, with Fizz and Tyrone, gonna, it's going to be a bit. It's going to be an interesting week next week, and I mean it's not really. I hope so because it feels like the scores have been low recently. Too too when it's not even a real complete week you can't no you can't complain about the pacing too much it's not Curry's fault and it's only been really an episode and a half that we've seen really yep and, and you get bad episodes and a half so anyway that's that let's move on to some news so we've got a little bit of news, or was it a lot of news? I don't know, it depends how long I spend waffling about it this week. But it's all <laughs> about other things that you can watch or listen to once you finish listening to Conversations to you, obviously, because that's what always comes first. First up, there was a webinar that took place earlier this week. I didn't know about this, I could have watched this. You could have watched this, I think it was like Tuesday during the day or something. I, I uh, messaged you about it last week and then both of us forgot about it. I don't. I can't be trusted to remember anything on, day to, on a day-to-day basis. But it, it was a, um, it was basically a, a massive advert to try and get companies to be the next sponsors of Coronation we'll Street. We'll do it, how much? I, I, I have got that actually. You need to have um, whatever in the twelve and a half, and a half million pounds investment. I don't think our Patreon covers that quite yet. Come on, if guys. you had a couple more, you know, <laughs> Rovers level, you know, maybe that's definitely what I just imagine every every week, every just, episode. I tell you what, I can just imagine us winning the lottery and wasting it all on <laughs> us sponsoring Coronation Street for a year. Gemma, if we won the lottery, would, would you want to carry on with the podcast? Yeah. Or would you be too busy, you know, no. cruising around the world? I've always thought about this. For, I actually, th- you know, I spend a lot of time thinking about um, about winning the lottery and what a burden it would be and how I would never be able to speak <laughs> to my friends again because they'd be horribly jealous of my yacht. But um, the one thing I definitely know that I would carry on doing is this podcast. Lovely. I like the sound of my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> we could get... Oh, we could get... Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> we... <laughs> if you do have a spare £12.5 million pounds burning a hole in your back pocket, then why not sponsor Coronation Street for a 12-month period? That's right. You only get it for 12 months. Because it's not well, like a, not the eight, nine years this, that the Meerkats have been sponsoring Can I just say, this, this raises an interesting question here because um, this is to start in 2021 and they're, they're, giving, they're giving a list of what they can offer you in return. And two interesting points that, that I, I've, I, I think can be made. There's 275 30-minute episodes, 42 60-minute episodes and 510 classic episodes. I found that very interesting how they've already decided how many 30 and 60 minute episodes are going thing. to be next year. The other thing is we can work out where, you know, what what period of time the classics are going to cover and where we'll be at the end of, of yeah. next year and, and and we still don't really know when they're going to stop doing the classics and whether they're going to then go back to where they started. Yeah, I mean, they, they will eventually no catch idea. up if they don't they ever will. stop. The other thing is... Um, they must have done a proposal for the, for the this year along similar lines mm. and usually 
you, when you're trying to make a contract or something, you give you, you you're a bit vague. Like we do this at work, we're a bit vague about what we're going to give you, so that if we need to change something, if there's a global pandemic, so are the meerkats going to be getting a refund because they haven't had? 275 episodes or whatever it is. Do the meerkats themselves have insurance? Or did they just say, you sponsor Coronation Street for 12 months? Mm. I imagine it's... I imagine they had... uh, I imagine it's a bit more serious than than the sort of stuff we bodger along at work doing. There's going to be somebody the other end going, no, you can't be vague about it. You have to tell me how many episodes. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, that was. Anyway, so... um, the, this this webinar, webinar that took place. You watched this, I didn't. I, yeah, I watched it. I came home and watched it from, um, after school the other day. And it was a, a way that companies who were maybe wanted to, or interested in being the next Cory sponsor or sponsoring the 60th celebrations. Oh, gosh, it's, yeah, Just nice hiccup. little cider hiccup there from, from Gemma. Um, yeah, the, the 60th Coronation Street um, celebrations and campaign and everything seems like it's going to have its own separate sponsor. So I don't know. I'm not oh, sure that's whether. interesting. Yeah. Um, you, you could watch this and say, oh, yeah, I had, uh, Coronation Street looks like a good investment for my hard-earned cash. I'm in. Or if you just were, like me, a Coronation Street fan that wanted to find out, you know, get any excuse to get a little bit of behind-the-scenes goss. So it was Dan Brocklebank was um, the only cast member that was on the panel. There's Ian McLeod, who's obviously the producer of Coronation Street, um, along with Lee Rayner, who's the senior production manager, and Simon Daglish. Daglish? Daglish? Daglish, I'm sure I heard his name being said. Who was the deputy um, MD. Managing director. I know, I know. Not deputy Michael Dodson. (laughs) Or, or medical doctor, <laughs> uh, ITV commercial, and yeah, it was just. Wasn't it was there just a, a lady as well? There was a lady. I haven't got who it is, but she was the host, so she's, she's probably just quite a lady, important. So you don't care. She was a lady, yeah, um, yeah. And they they just talked about Corrie for for an hour, and you can and I and I'd heard about it last week, and then almost wrote it off. It's like, well, I'm not going to be able to to watch that, but they they uploaded it. So if what I I'm talking about is questions, you could have asked questions, and anybody whose question they answered they put in a prize draw to win a TV what? as well. A TV? I know. Uh, I know. Uh, anyway, if this... <laughs> it, it's, it was pretty interesting to watch. It felt like... I mean, it, it, I wasn't the target audience, obviously, so a lot of what they were talking about is stuff that we already know. It was like, oh, this is how we're getting back on track after the coronavirus. And, this was or, more like a business... It, it was. It was a, it was a business it. thing. But um, a few of the bits and pieces... I, I got a post-it note full of tiny notes here but i found it interesting that they said that there's no toys when they're back to um filming by which they mean no, no dolly cams no drone shots oh. so they, they're really going back to basic with their filming techniques which we i suppose we knew that they were cutting down on crew members and everything but the, the fact that there's going to that they've got rid of some particular you know technical gadgetry i thought was quite an interesting it, that is interesting little, little little tidbit there um they talked a little bit about how during the pandemic and lockdown um the viewing figures for coronation street went up um because well they, 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 they said well nobody's got anything else to do you can't go outside and it's um being able to grasp hold of something that's familiar and comfortable to you but equally they said we do recognize that very viewing figures for lots of things went up not just coronation street although they did say which i thought was a great little um uh, dig, dig, yeah. The not EastEnders. They 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 pointed out EastEnders haven't seen their viewing figures gone up. Oh dear! I don't even know why they needed to because you can't even sponsor know, EastEnders. Like, it's on the BBC. Be like, I don't know whether to put my money into Coronation Street or EastEnders. You've got to convince me. <laughs> um, they talked a little bit about you know isn't Corrie great? Isn't it lovely and character driven? 
um, which is interesting considering um, some of the comments that have been, I mean, we, we've said it and lots of people have said about how it seems to be quite plot driven at the moment. Right. But they talked about it still being, the characters being very important, which I suppose they are. Um, they said, they talked a bit about issues based stories as well, which some people have said there's too many of. Other people have said, well, we really like that, and some of Corey's biggest stories have been issues based stories. I have to say, one, oh, go on. um, that I've, I've seen somebody, some people on Twitter talking about Carla's storyline and, you know, um, how it's deeply affected them, and mm. um, they really, they're really glad to see. So, uh, the thing is, we always hit against this um, problem of something that can be deeply personal to one person can just go over someone else's head. Mm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, they said with the issues-based stories, they didn't want it, didn't ever want it to come off as a lecture. Well... Which is interesting for me because sometimes it really, really does and other times they get it just right. For example, the Yasmin and Jeff story, I don't feel like I'm being lectured to about coercive yeah. control, whereas other ones, it, it is uh, just and a then, bit slapping you in the face with, aren't, you know, isn't racism bad? Um, unfortunately, with, with the coercive control, because they've done it in a, in a very naturalistic way and nobody's come on to sort of do a public service announcement about this is what happened and this is why it's bad, you still get people going, why doesn't Yasmin just leave him? Or why didn't she just do Mm. this? And it's like, no, listen. They said that they do get an awful lot of positive feedback about these issues-based stories. And they say they don't do it for that, but they they said we all like to get drama karma. So when they're putting on the heavy drama stuff, they like to have a little bit of feedback coming back. What's the praise? Yeah, I think so, I think so. Um, They talk about... Um, that they don't particularly try to go for a younger audience um, specifically, which I suppose might set them apart from something like Hollyoak, say. They say it's what good characters come in all age brackets. And if they just started throwing the younger characters on to try and get this, you know, this, this young audience, tempt them away from YouTube or whatever the kids do these days, then it would be maybe to the detriment of the show. As long as there's good characters, then viewers of all ages might want to hopefully tune in to watch them. Um, they talked about a bit, a bit, a little bit about the 60th, about how they're likely to be some form of social distancing in place, but they're seeing it as a challenge to relish, which is nice and positive. Um, they talked about a little bit about um, the, the advertising guy, um, Simon, I think it was, was talking about how much he's enjoyed working alongside Compare the Meerkat for this past eight, nine years working with them. Um, there is a couple of statistics that they threw out that seemed a little bit... No, I don't really believe that Corey, this is really to do with Corrie. For example, they said, um, since the beginning... Now, I can't remember whether this is about meerkats or whether this was about um, the co-op or the Costa, but they were like, oh, before Coronation Street had these as sponsors, uh, people were 46% likely to use this particular service and now they're 97% likely to use it or, or you know something like that and it's like okay no, I, don't, I do believe that I don't think it's just because of Coronation Street that things like that happen but I suppose every little helps doesn't it you, well you can't compare the meerkat was already a juggernaut before Coronation Street was sponsored by it that's all I'm saying okay um they said that with their new sponsor that anybody will do but they're looking for somebody that's like got synergy with Cory that you know is a, is a family feel. Didn't I so they're them? not going to be sponsored by any, you know, brothels or Love Honey or anything like that anytime soon. That Although that would, money. it would tie in nicely with the Daniel storyline at the moment, so you never know. Didn't I hear them talking about how much they enjoyed 
the way that meerkats and Cadbury's both um, made creative decisions in the way that they sponsored Coronation Street that possibly was um was fun for everyone yeah it, that, that's what all I want I want I mean, something remember fun remember when we had that boring furniture company yeah Harvey's and it was like, dull it was like here's some furniture anyway Coronation Street's on now whereas whereas meerkats actually sets if you live in Canada or America or Australia or wherever New Zealand you won't know that I don't think you know what the meerkat adverts do. are like but they're like little mini vignettes but it's set on a um a, their version of coronation street so they've they've made the coronation street sets and then the characters sort of interact and have little yeah funny yeah then some people hate them oh i like them i i I've, i love them they're not all gold but i i've really really enjoyed the sponsorship and i'm sure there's people that are singing the praises the fact that they're, they're well, no longer going to be really sponsoring Corrie. loved the Cadbury's ones as well. Yeah, I like, I like the Cadbury's ones. The Cadbury's ones were nice and cosy, but they weren't funny necessarily. I find a lot of the Meerkat ones funny, and we have we have you know got a few quotes from them over the years that have... Theme is space. Yeah, that has uh, <laughs> entered into our everyday lexicon. So I, all I want is something that is going to be enjoyable to watch and funny i don't care what the company is i've not used and compare the meerkat anymore since yes, you have not because of coronation street we though. use it to get well we can't use it anymore but free cinema tickets cinema tickets <laughs> but yeah i don't care whether the company's anything to do with me i just want something that's funny at the start of coronation street do you not think that it's made you think oh i quite like compare them at the market because they've got a good sense of humour and they share my interests. Maybe. The thing is, I'll tell you another thing. It's all subconscious, isn't it? Another thing that advertisers are aware of is what Coca-Cola is really brilliant at and also car adverts. Coca-Cola adverts and car adverts are not for convincing you that you should buy that product. They are for reassuring you that you have done the right thing by purchasing, purchasing that product. Nobody on earth who doesn't know that Coca-Cola exists. But when you watch a Coca-Cola advert, you go, yeah, I'm cool and I, I enjoy life, just like these people that also like life and, and drink Coke. I don't. I feel like an outsider. Well, that's because you're a sad I just sad don't like person. Coke. You should learn to like it. <laughs> um, and and car adverts the same. They're, they're just for making yeah. you feel good about buying your car and therefore you're more likely to buy the same... It's probably right, to be honest, and I suppose the, the, the hallmark of a good advertising campaign is you don't realise when you're being indoctrinated into the ways of the meerkat. Well, it's and, very and better I probably, now, isn't it, these days? I probably would feel more positively about the company now because of, of Coronation Street, and maybe if I was wanting to do a bit of comparison well, of various products, I probably would go there more likely we now because it. of Coronation Street. We need I'm to change sure. our energy company. I know, I know. Well, it's worked on me anyway, so we'll we'll see at the end of the year, I guess, um, whoever it's going to be. Um, and you guys don't even realise this, but yeah. actually, this whole time, we've been advertising Coronation Street. Yeah, and, um, you all like it, don't you? It, we've, we've done a study too and, and found that over 80% of people that listen to this do watch Coronation Street and the rest of it just don't have time to do both because this is too long. I want to know how much we've secretly... Um, change people's opinions like what do you think about michelle listeners well we get paid mm. to cow, we she? get paid 
<laughs> to slagger off. Yeah. <laughs> um, finally, there, there was a PDF that um, was uploaded with the video, just a, another, you know, glossy brochure for people thinking of sponsoring Coronation Street with various uh, fancy pictures and, and graphs and pie charts Did it have, like, a picture of things. Steve looking thoughtful in the It didn't, but it did have a picture of um, Sarah Lou and Adam's wedding with Dirk smiling in the background, like, in between them. So I texted Very Adam cool. and showed him that, and he was dead chuffed. Um, it, yeah, some stats that I got from that. This will blow your minds, oh, maybe. 53% of Corrie viewers make financial decisions in their household. That's weird. That doesn't seem very high, does it? <laughs> 58% of viewers watch together. What does that mean? It, mean, it means... Um, it means, like, it means 42% percent of people watch that, it by themselves. Yeah. That's interesting. We're, we're in the 50%, 58%, we're in the majority that we watch this together. Um, 84% of viewers are watching live. Now, that is very interesting. Yeah. And that is going to be very significant to an advertiser because if you record it, you can fast forward the adverts. Exactly. If you're watching it live, you're going to be watching the adverts. You can just mute them. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, that, this is interesting. We, we try and watch live when we can. Obviously, it's not always possible. It's better too, isn't it? Because you can tweet along and see people's social media reactions. Yeah, I like and, doing that. and I just don't like the idea that people know what's happening before me. Yeah, I know. Especially if it's like an exciting story I'm invested in. Anyway, and also, uh, final stat last year in the ITV hub, over 37,000 hours of Coronation Street were watched. What, each person? No, <laughs> that was only us. <laughs> anyway, that doesn't seem very much, but I of, guess that's because that's not a very large amount of people on the hub. If any of you haven't seen this and, and what I'm talking about sounds interesting to you, then you can you can go online and find it on Corrie's social media. I can't remember exactly where, but it's available. Also, Dan Brocklebank fans, I'm sure, will want to tune in if you haven't done so already. There's minor spoilers, hints about what might be coming up for Billy um, in future months. Very, very minor. Um, so beware of that spoiler phobes. I'm, I'm not too bothered by it. Gemma, the next news item I thought would be particularly relevant to your interests. And I'm not just talking about your interest in Corrie, which I'm sure is in there somewhere. Um, can I just say something before that? Because Southampton City Council did a tweet about uh, domestic abuse over lockdown. And I just wanted to mention, <laughs> why are you I'm laughing? Just, I'm just interested how the, the relevance, I'm looking It's not relevant because to... it's news. Okay. During lockdown, we all know domestic violence has increased and um, we've been watching the Jeff and Yasmin story and there's been lots of really great um, tweets about how to get help if you are being abused, you know, um, what to do and the silent help thing where you, if you, silent solution, it's good, where you call 999 and if you can't speak, you um you can press 55 and get put straight through to the police, Yeah, and they've had some Corrie people doing videos of that, Yes. And so you've got like domestic national domestic abuse helpline. You've got um, respect men's advice line, the national LGBT plus domestic abuse helpline, etc. Child line. Um, but I just wanted to say this: if you are a person who thinks that you might be abusing someone, which not very many people want to talk about, not many people want to to offer help if you and think advice. You're a Jeff of this world. And this is specifically, I don't know why it says men, but it, this is specifically for men who are worried that they're hurting the person that they live with. The Hampton Trust. You can go to the Hampton Trust and it is hamptontrust.org.uk and they just help people um, who, it, it's, we said, we are committed to rebuilding lives by addressing the root cause of domestic abuse and criminality. Hmm. Just wanted to say that Thank in case it, help, it, even if it helps one person, it's, you know, 
because I, I've been saying this all along about Jeff, I don't know how much of what he does, I know he's horrible, but I don't know how much of what he does is purposeful and, and how much he could have a healthy, could, is it possible that he could have a healthy relationship with any woman at any point? Not less, not, not Yasmin, obviously, but in the future, is it possible to rehabilitate them? Mm. And, and I think that Hampton Trust, if, you, if you're having issues, might help you. Anyway, so the the story that you've given me is about Kim Marsh. Talking about criminality, she's going to be fronting a new true crime documentary series. Is it called the the, the channel's called Crime Plus Investigation? I've never heard of this channel. I don't know what this channel is. It sounds like it's right up your alley, and you and your mum, you love all this kind of stuff, don't you? I know quite a few people that listen are and really into true crime. Yeah, well, that's the that's the in thing. If we if that's the that's what if you wanted to do a second podcast. I'll that's tell what you something. make it about because that's, I where, I would that's where the podcast listeners are at. I would absolutely love, I would love to do a true crime podcast. I think we would be really good at it, but you are not interested whatsoever. And you and unlike me, you don't go with the flow and you won't just learn, learn I don't know whether I what, you know what to say. Also, yeah, you wouldn't know what to say I'd about it. I'd also anything. find it too complicated. And it's probably that's why a bit not a policeman. too... Anyway, you know, you know. I think last week I was moaning about this podcast when we were saying we needed a catchphrase, mm. and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is a podcast I listen to, and they're rubbish. They they've got really forced catchphrases, and it sounds really lame." I looked them up on Patreon. They get five grand a month. <laughs> 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 that was a kick in the nuts. Yeah. So anyway, he's Kim, laughing now. Does Kim Marsh want to do a podcast with us about true crime? Oh, yeah, we'll do a podcast. Well, with she's Kim busy Marsh. at the moment because she's got to do this eight-part series. It's called Murder at My Door with Kim Marsh. Brilliant. Or is it called Murder no, think, at My Door? I think Murder at My and Door then with Kim it's Marsh. with Kim Marsh. I think that's part of the title. That makes it sound like we're in a gang with Kim Marsh and we go around killing people. <laughs> like trying to sell them insurance and if they won't buy it, we just stab them to death. <laughs> and then and then you can um, bury their bodies in the Kim Marsh. <laughs> um, this, is quite, this is quite sinister. It's an eight-part series, as I said, and explores cases of innocent people murdered in their own homes... By people they thought they could trust. Mm. Eight parts. That's enough to make anyone paranoid, isn't it? Yeah. Have we got this channel? I don't know. I've got no idea. I just assume Which... it's one of these ones where you go through and you're like, oh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the very specific painting with Bob Ross channel. <laughs> and then the uh, Crime Plus Investigation channel. Yeah. Or it could be an online thing. I don't know. I don't know. You should watch the first one and see what you think. Oh, I'd love to. It's not out until the autumn. I haven't seen Kim Marsh presenting anything before. No, but she has been doing stuff on... Yeah, did she, she did, did the, the consumer con- consumer... Yes. Is it the one show? Or I don't, was it I don't, an, I don't I think an additional show? I think she was going to do the consumer one show. Consumer Affairs on, show. Yes. And she also has done her fitness things. Indeed. Which involved her presenting how to do an exercise. <laughs> yes. So do tune into that if you think that's the sort of thing but that's up not, your street. it's not to the end of the year, though, is it? It's not. It's not. You can't watch that at the moment. But what you can do right now is oh, listen. Oh, hang on. Is oh, that... I was doing a segue Is it this? Woodcut Media are the people A&E, that are making A&E it. A&E Networks UK, produced by Woodcut Media, and it's going to be in autumn. Yes. For my birthday. Yes, my birthday. indeed. If you would like a real treat to listen to, after Conversation Street, of course... In fact, no, I'm going to say, get out there right now and download the latest episode of the Distinct Nostalgia podcast because they've got an interview with TV legend Thelma Barlow, who played Mavis Wilton. I don't know how they got her, 
No, we're not jealous at all. Just a little bit, but I'm going to try and overcome this to say you've got to listen to it. It is the best episode of podcast that I've listened to for an incredibly, incredibly long time. A whole hour of her being chatted to. And I don't know how old she is now. In her early 90s, I think. Wow. Um, Very um, eloquent. So many memories. um, So many anecdotes about various... um, cast members past uh, sort of from back, back in the 60s oh no 70s she was in it um, there's bits about how she got into acting there's bits where she's talking about the I don't really know catchphrase which obviously came from Les Dennis and not her character stories of her and Barbara Knox Doris Speed um, uh, Jack Howarth it, it is real real golden Jack Howarth I think so. Oh, no, not maybe not Jack Tower. How I, I can't remember. I, I've, I've, I can't remember now. Uh, but it is, it's wonderful, honestly. If, you, if you're at all interested in vintage Coronation Street, the first 30 years of it, and you love Mavis, and who doesn't love Mavis if you've watched it in that time, you have got to, got to listen to this. Distinct nostalgia, hour long. It's wonderful, wonderful stuff. She seems lovely. She seems intelligent. She talked. Oh, she talked about how she when she was leaving, and how she apparently she what she tried like for two years to leave, and, oh. and either her agent or Coronation Street convinced her to stay. And then when they fired Peter Baldwin, she was like, "No, I really, really am going now." But sadly, and, and unsurprisingly, I suppose when the interviewer asked her, "So, you know, everything you come back to Coronation Street, you know, if just if for a little one-off or anything, that's straight away, no." Like she. She probably was, she knew that that question was going to come, but she, she decided in her mind. But she said, when I left, I said, I'm not going back to it. And I've stuck with that all this time. Wow. But, but then she started saying, oh, but you never know, maybe there was a script. It, oh, it's, wow. it's a real show. I just, oh, I would adore for Mavis to come back. Even if she, you know, Skyped Rita for the 60th anniversary or something. But she said, like, I've put Mavis in a little box. I've packed her away. I don't even know how good I'd be at being her anymore. Um, it, it's a shame, but I mean... It comes as no surprise. It was the same as the people who were asking for the, the Gene Alexander to um, reprise Hilda. It, they've said no. It's it's such a shame. But honestly, if if you love old Corrie, you have got to listen to this. It's flipping brilliant. I adored listening to it over the last couple of days. Oh, love it, love it, love it. Well, now we know she knows what an, what a podcast is. I know. So maybe we could uh, get her to come on ours. I this is a thing. Like when I was when I was trying to get. Um, ex-cast members onto onto this podcast this year because of the 60th anniversary and that was one of my little goals which we talk about in the the bonus podcast this week as well i was just trying trying to find ways to get in touch with ex-cast members and some people like that is like well obviously people like Dan barlow are non-contactable and then they've retired and they're not interested in talking about things like that anymore i didn't even think oh, well i think that doesn't think nostalgia podcast have some involvement in charity it does that's the thing it's charitable and it it sounds very um you know professional it sounds like they were maybe record it with actual microphones and not just putting their iphone on the laptop on their knees what the hell yeah i know i know honestly it's it's great i've already said it i'll say it again if you haven't listened to this if you're thinking about maybe doing it you will not be disappointed I, i do say that listen to it it's flipping. All right, I'll listen to it. Wonderful. <laughs> Distinct nostalgia. Awesome. Okay. And it great. sounds like as well. Sorry. Bloody hell. 
It sounds like there might be more coming up. They did actually have an interview with an old Coronation Street writer a few weeks ago, uh, John Finch maybe, which I didn't listen to. I, I thought I'll, I'll, I will, but my podcasts were, were backing up on my phone. So I thought I'll, I'll put it off and I still haven't. But as soon as I saw this down with Barlow, she's rocketed straight to the straight to the top Stripe. of my next listening to queue and it, it feel I think it's they say right. that every couple of weeks they're going to do a soap person so with it being this the 60th anniversary of Corrie this year I'm sure we're God, bound we to hear get... some other Corrie people talking on there what the hell so, you need to get in there I know yeah anyway um, the next bit of information <laughs> is that speaking of nostalgia the road to Coronation Street is going to be on ITV on Sunday it is. Seven Sunday, o'clock or something? Something like that. They've been advertising it, haven't they? I didn't um, put two and two together until somebody pointed it out on Twitter the other day. What channel was did this originally air on? Wasn't it BBC One? It's BBC Four this was originally made for. Oh. And, I, and, and I didn't notice. Oh, ITV are showing it now. How Good does that point. work? Well, they bought it. Can you do that? I suppose you can. Well, some things get made by ITV or BBC and, and some things get made by a production company that... They buy it from. Yeah, I suppose like they Endemol did it with with, BBC, um, with uh, Big Brother. Yeah, okay. Well, still, I still think it's quite cool. It it feels like it belongs on ITV. Yeah, it does. So if you haven't watched this, and I know some of our listeners haven't watched it yet, uh, Rebecca, for example, again, no excuses. Watch it. It's, it's amazing. an hour long, isn't it? Yeah. And it's written by Darren Little. Yeah. And it is basically the story of how Tony Warren got to make Coronation Street. It's about the, the very early days, about when it was called Florizel Street and Trying how it got its name. the idea to the bosses and, and, and um, playing, uh, auditioning Pat Phoenix for the role of Elsie Tanner. Oh, that's Tanner, a great scene. Get gathering Played by Jesse together. Wallace, isn't yeah, it? Yes, exactly. And, um, and that those, like when it, when it went live and him rushing to the toilet to be sick because he was so nervous, it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's so much it fun to watch. It is a must watch. It, I, it felt it felt well because we watched it what three four months ago yeah, didn't we? Bought we bought the DVD, DVD again. We watched it when it was back on because this was one of the things that was made for the fiftieth. But we watched it yes. again for the first time a few months ago. It felt like it no, was I over. Didn't watch it for the first time. No, sorry, the second ago. time a few months ago. It felt like it was over too soon because we, we were enjoying it so much. It and when really the credits rolled, like, it's like, oh, is that it? It could be a series. It could. It could it be a really series. Could. There are so many things we keep saying, oh, we, should, we could have a supplemental Coronation Street thing. Like, Coronation Street during the war, we would love that. We'd love, I'd love, a, I'd love a series about the behind-the-scenes things that happened. So many dramatic and interesting things happened. Mm. And I, I know we have... Um, we have TV shows talking about... oh. Isn't there's one about Audrey on today? Um, yes, yeah, the, the, the um, Audrey show that was on so last it, Christmas. It's got on, talking on heads tonight. and uh, people talking about the character of Audrey and stuff. I want stuff for for the actors mm. and their lives, like the like the secret lives of Coronation Street actors well, and, and talking now about. Now we've got those magazines, Gemma. Then we can we can pitch something about Sarah Houston and her horses and what else is it that you said? Um, there's a bit about um, Kevin Kennedy being in a band. There's a bit about, like I said, Jeff Hinchcliffe and building his a house. house yeah. There's lots of people painting. There's. I quite like the idea of something like who the played, crown. Who played Andy McDonald? Um, Nick Cochran. He's in it a lot. He, he likes cars. Apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd like them to do something like the crown which just chronicles the history of behind-the-scenes Coronation Street. You know, in the same yeah. way that The Crown does I know. the royal family. But, but do you think that this... They can have different actors playing Will Ro- Bill, William Roach over the years, and in the end, he can just play it himself. 
this just demonstrates that we should be in no way in charge of TV production. No, that'd because be about fascinating. Five, it, you, yeah, but you've got to convince people to watch it. Nobody would watch it. They would. I, I don't think they would. I think they should. I think it'd be a hard sell. I think if it was on, if they put it on ITV, I think people would watch that. Ah, oh. I hate it when I come up with these great ideas because I know that well, they'll never happen. Came I'll just be disappointed with, by we myself. We also said that they should do a. A monthly Coronation Street magazine, official magazine like they used to, but one of these collect part works. Um, yeah, you things know, like to, at the beginning of the year a, when it's. Yeah. yeah. Did we talk Discover about that? Discover everything before? you'd ever wanted to know about Klingon warships in this collectible to build a bird of prey. Yeah, because those things still do sell, don't they? And yeah. I know that magazines on the whole are not doing quite so well as they once did. I think that there's still a market for those weekly. Well, they're bookazines. magazines, yeah. yeah. Shut up. <laughs> but yeah, when you build and you, each um, each month you get like a little mini um, a little mini model of a of a house, and then you build the street. Mm. If if it came with a little mini figurine of a character each month, I would I would be in heaven. No, that's rubbish. No, I'd love it. I want to build a model of that of the street. Well, I want to buy. I want to get a model of model army of Coronation Street people, past and present. No, Thank where you would very we much. put it? doesn't matter. I'm not having that in the house. <laughs> God, this news section's running really long, right. considering there's not been really the much news this week. The other thing that's on is uh, Georgia Taylor and her friend, Sunitra. Sunitra. I don't, I don't know what her surname is oh. or who, who she is. She's the main one, isn't she? Yeah, She's the, the travesty in all of this. It's she Sinitra is a good friend. And her friend Georgia She's in a good Bristol. Friend of Georgia's. <laughs> yes. And they are on Gogglebox, Celebrity Gogglebox. Along with Maureen Litwin and Nigel Havers, who've been doing it are for the past few again? weeks. I don't know. I mean, they did a couple of episodes each. I don't know how the rotation works, whether there's going to be all of them this week or, or what. Also, um, Vic Reeves has been on it, hasn't he? That's right, yeah. Jim Moore. Yeah. So um, if, if you like Gogglebox and if you like George Taylor... Again, I say we would be great on Gogglebox. And if anyone wants to pay us a £1,000 a month, which is apparently what you get paid to be on normal Gogglebox... Free takeaways. Is that true? Yeah. Where did you read that? I read it on an article about how to get into being on Gogglebox. Oh. And it was from January and I emailed it. I was like, I want to be on Gogglebox and it bounced back. I wouldn't like to be on Gogglebox because everybody would like you the best. (laughs) And Wasn't there a pair of people where there's a lady vicar and her her husband and he just sat there and ate biscuits and she was like, Yeah, I I don't think I could cope with you getting all the fame. Could you and, cope with a thousand pound a month? You get the higher fee and everything like that. No, I think we should share it. <laughs> um, I anyway. think I would, yeah, but I would everyone. I would be one of these people that'd be like, oh, she's like Marmite. Some people hate her and some people like her. No, you'd be great on it. No, you'd I, be a personality. Uh, anyway, that's already been on by the time you're listening to this. We haven't watched it yet because it's Friday um, evening at the yes. moment. Um, so we will enjoy that Fri- later. On it's on tonight. It is on tonight. At nine or something? Probably something like nine on o'clock. I don't know whether it's competing maybe? with the Audrey programme. It is on Channel 4, indeed. Yeah, so it, it will be on um, Catch Up. Yes. And, like, do you remember last week, or whenever it was, when we tried to watch Celebrity Gogglebox, and they took it off because... Eamon Holmes complained about them saying he'd said something different to what he actually said, so they had to edit it. Mm. I do believe that one of the things that um, that they're going to be talking about on this week's um, Celebrity oh, Gogglebox yeah. Box is Rula Lenska doing... Um, no, the Celebrity Big Brother. Celebrity Big Brother, yeah, and that cringy scene with her and George Garrow where she makes him crawl around like a pussycat. I, I don't... I, when we watched that actual episode, I was thinking... 
This makes... You only ever see that out of context, but when you actually watch the whole episode, you're like, okay, I get what they were up to. And actually, Ruda Lenska plays an elephant for mm. quite a while, and it makes George Galloway look slightly less crazy. It does, it does. <laughs> Everyone only remembers the cat thing. Because we, we hadn't seen that series, had we? No. So I was quite surprised when we watched that. It was quite cool seeing, you know, 10 years ago, Ruda Lenska. Um, yeah. Smoking in the house if you're, if you're like mi- a bad girl. If you're missing Claudia <laughs> off Coronation Street, there you go. There's another reason to tune into Celebrity Gogglebox this week. We just we've just been advertising. When are people going to start advertising us? Been advertising Stink Nostalgia. What do you mean? Advertising Gogglebox. Advertising Kim Marsh's new show. Advertising Go- um, Road to Coronation Street. Do you, do you want them to do a when shout out gonna, yeah, at no, the top of their shows about us? Yeah. All I'm saying, Georgia, is next time you're on Celebrity Gogglebox, <laughs> then just drop us in. If, especially I, if they show you Coronation Street. I do not see Street, how that's going to be relevant. You can say, oh, oh, I feel just like Michael and Gemma. You know, from Conversation Street, <laughs> and then, the weekly Coronation and then Street podcast. we'll send you a, our card, which we don't have, we have to make some, and you can give our card to the Celebrity Gogglebox producers. Yes. <laughs> and that's how I end Because that. actually, now I think about it, why would we be on normal Gogglebox? <laughs> We'd be on Celebrity Google Box, wouldn't we? I think we're maybe in that... In the, in the twilight between the two. I yeah. Think, do you think we're famous enough... What's less enough? than Zedless celebrity? I think we are famous enough to be on Celebrity Big Brother if it came back. <laughs> yeah, we'd be the ones that get out of the car midway through. When they've had the big names at the beginning with to get people interested, but before they give it the real big name at the end... It's Wesley Snipes and Joe Michael from God. They do a podcast about Coronation Street and they've done it for eight years and people at home be like, really scraping the bottom of the barrel this week. I don't care, I get paid. Either way. Anyway. Go down in history as the lowest fee on celebrity. I'd I'd do it for free Gemma, you would not want to be on Big Brother. I would. You wouldn't because you don't like being on camera. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And this is about being filmed 24 hours a day. But there is a lot of drinking involved, I believe. So maybe if you if you get enough ciders out, then you forget about it. Uh, <sighs> That's it for the news. 35 minutes of rubbish. watch this, listen to that. We're going to do some feedback now. And yeah. then that's it. So here we go, feedback. Hello and welcome to our feedback section where all of our Hello, lovely to see you. listeners... <laughs> Write in to tell us what they thought of the last week's shenanigans, or even this week's. So we've got the average score from the Facebook group for the previous week, and it was 3.5. It was a nice round number this week. Well, if you can count one place decimal as a round number. We got Briante gave it three after midnight pizzas. Oh, it's going to go straight to your hips. (laughs) Chad gave it three tap waters, please. And Abby gave it 3.5, not hugs for non-huggers. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for voting on that one. And if you'd like to vote in that, then you just need to go onto our Facebook group. And every Saturday after I post a post podcast, then I'll put a little poll up. Don't forget, the Facebook group is a private group that you can join. We've got a page and we've got the private face group. Face group book. <laughs> if you can um, muster yourself up to have any kind of thoughts or feelings or opinions about this week's fairly pedestrian Coronation Street, just head over there and give us a vote and tell us what you thought. Or just share in the conversation because there's always somebody with an opinion about something. Now, Gemma, you asked last week on the podcast for people to give us an iTunes review and we got one this week. In fact, I think this review was posted before yes, I we recorded last week, but we didn't find out until afterwards. So this one comes from Norway. Yes, it came from Norway, from someone called Teresa Lynn. 
And she says, or he says, my absolute favourite podcast. I love the lengthy discussions, the banter, the interviews, the bonus sections, all of it. The hosts really have a passion for the show and it shows five yes, stars. we love Coronation Street, especially on weeks like this. I feel so passionate about it. Look at look, nobody hates something more than the fans. I know, I know. Thank you very much for that. That's a lovely review. Anyone wants to help us, like we said before. Has that appeared on Norwegian iTunes then, I wonder? We're number one in uh, TV shows for, for Norwegian iTunes. <laughs> <coughs> if, um, we often say like, you can support our, us by uh, being a patron. We, we really like that. We also really like it when you follow us on, on Twitter or Facebook. Or Instagram, or, Instagram. or subscribe to us on YouTube. Yep. Um, but also giving us a review on iTunes is is one of the a really important way to support us because it helps to get us higher up in the charts and I don't know why we care about that actually but um, <laughs> it's nice to read people's feedback. Nice to know it's worth it all the effort. Rebecca has written to us of course this week to say what she thought of last week's Coronation Streets. And it sounds a little something like this. Go on, tell me. The Carla story started off slow but then started to pick up pace on Friday. It did, it did kind of just stop this week, though, didn't it? There was it literally this week. It was look was at, it you, Peter? Fun, no, it wasn't outfit. me. Oh, Scott, look at your knuckles. And that was about it this week. Uh, Rebecca says, "I agree with Gemma. I don't think that Peter did the beating up, and I think that the pizza he bought will be the alibi. I think Scott did the beating up, and I also think that either he thinks that he is Carla's dad, or that Johnny's DNA test was retconned, and the Scott is Carla's dad. Oh, Mate, Please, it is no. possible that he could think he is Carla's dad, but he isn't." But that's true. I'll I'll throw it back again to the fact he didn't know who Carla's mum was, and if you're pretty sure you're someone's dad, but it turns out their mum is a different woman to the one you thought that it, she was, you're probably unless you're a serial shagger, gonna have second thoughts. <laughs> um, Scott pushing jo- Jordan and Chelsea out was a little too forceful for a family friend. Also love Peter Stick. True, she's right. Well, I don't know, I don't know. It, it is, this is people. what I mean, it's a mystery. Also love Peter sticking up for Carla and hopefully Carla will repay the favour when she learns about the beating up. Also love Roy sticking up for Carla too. Faye and Izzy both annoyed me this week sticking <laughs> up for Jeff and yes, I think Jeff will enlist Faye into doing his dirty work for him. I mean, you could really use that beginning of that sentence for pretty much many weeks. Well, not really for Izzy. She's only been in like 10 episodes any, or, any or less that, this year. Same with Faye. Same with Faye, true. Any, any, episode, any week that has Faye and Izzy, you can start off by saying, Faye and Izzy really annoyed me <laughs> this week. We had a look at um, on Corypedia about the number of episodes that all the characters have been in so far. The, the, the oh, yeah, top 10 that, so we? far. We didn't mention that in the other um, the, 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 the podcast, did we? But it's, um, yeah, it's well worth looking into. It's kind of interesting seeing who's where and how many episodes everybody's been in, how few episodes some people have been in. Yeah. Um, I also enjoyed, Rebecca said, Jeff confronting Sally in the factory. I think we will be seeing Nikki back again. Love, uh, Curry loves these bad girls come good. Shona and Kylie, perfect examples. Although I liked her, I'd like to see her again. I also, She's my character of the week. <laughs> I also enjoyed Daniel and Adam's scenes at the party too. Also looking forward to seeing Shona back on the street. And I enjoyed David and Sarah's sibling scenes. That's a bit of a tongue twister. Also David calling Adam Braveheart was quite funny too. I'm losing interest in the Gary story and I hope they find Rick's body soon. Rick who? Um, That's a joke. Rick Carry on. And Morty. I did you enjoy... I have got... No. We watched the first episode of Rick and Morty and didn't didn't work for me. I did enjoy Evening and Arthur's scenes in the Rovers. Too sweet. Character of the week is Peter and I gave it two and a half. Sally doesn't even like Yasmin's. 
out of five. <laughs> Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. Joseph says, um, start off by saying, even though this is a late reaction, it has been great seeing videos of you two have been uploading on IG Live and uploading them to That's YouTube. Instagram. Or Insta, as they call it. The kids call it Insta. Mm. Um, wouldn't mind if the whole podcast also had a video version. Maybe even have it as a Patreon exclusive. Wink. <laughs> we can't do a whole video podcast. For many reasons. I would like to. I wouldn't I would be able like to pick my to. nose and do a podcast at the same time. Sometimes I pay. You'd realise how much uh, booze Gemma was downing every episode <laughs> and how little she pays attention some of the time. I'll be on the speaking. phone. I'll be on the phone. Or, like, poking Michael or giving him an evil glare when he won't let me I talk. I totally get evil glares. I've had a couple of evil glares this episode. I wonder if you can tell when you listen to it. Like, oh, but that was an evil glare moment from Gemma to Michael. If I'm trying to get, if I'm trying to say something, and I know I'm going to forget if I don't say it immediately, Michael won't shut up. I just poke you on the side of the she face. Does, she pinches me and pokes <laughs> me really hard to I get do. me to shut up sometimes. I don't hurt you. No, it's fine. I'm not abusing but... you, though. <laughs> I've don't got know. to look at that Hampton oh, Yes, I was going to say that yeah um we we can't have a video we, we could do yet. some we, we we really are looking into what else we can do to entertain the masses what was it that we oh yeah we have we did talk about another thing that we could do a video um yeah of this week didn't we yeah oh yeah that we were going to do that this, this weekend maybe Ooh, we can do that this weekend keep an eye out for that yeah we're going to mm. do a jigsaw puzzle <laughs> <laughs> and then throw it off the table in tribute to shona <laughs> Uh, right, his thoughts on Cory this week. It's been a pretty good week, I think. Even, Wrong. Even though even though the reference V-Day was one month ago, the show had no way around this not being referenced. I too do not want to see Daniel get together with another blonde on the show. I mean, even though the actress did come out with an interview saying how she has been auditioning to be on the show for 10 years, I do not want to see her in this role. Oh, that's really sad, isn't it? I heard that it was um, her father's dying wish as well, that he she would be on Coronation Street. Oh, well, that Street. makes me want to give her a chance. Well, also, she's she did, my she, character of the week. She did so. follow us on Twitter this week as well, didn't she? So I think I get the points there. And Adam Hussein followed us on Twitter this week, this week. It has been mm. a momentous week. <laughs> um... Seeing Shona again on the cobbles has been great, especially seeing her caseworker, Mr. Aaron Faraday. I don't know, that was his name. No. That was surname. That's a scientist name, isn't it? Faraday Cage. Yeah. He and is... Faraday was um guy off Lost, wasn't it? I can't remember what his first name was now. Nicholas? But, yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? No. He was the... Oh, don't worry. This is I not digress. a Lost podcast. No. He is quite easy on the eyes and I am loving his accent. What's his accent? I don't even know. I didn't notice his accent. I was too busy looking at his face. <laughs> it was quite a shock to see Shana be all up front with Aaron after dropping her off at Roy's. Why? Because you thought he was yours? <laughs> I was so relieved that Aaron instantly backed off the moment Shona made the first move. Why? Because I'm he's... saving myself from <laughs> Quite the professional caseworker he is. Lol. When you write these guys, remember I've got to read this out. Lol. <laughs> you can't read it out in a, without it sounding, sounding sarcastic. Well, I can't, I, um, but that I have a problem with sarcasm in many instances. Joseph says, I'm curious with how the show resumed filming, which of the storylines that we are seeing currently will continue or somehow only get mentioned quickly on passers-by to immediately drop the ball on the potential of dropped storylines. Can't wait to see this transition in the show. My rating for this week is three Evelyn glints in a father's trousers out of five. Be safe. Three Evelyn glints in a father's trousers. I would say three 
Flint's in Evelyn's father's trousers. Out of five is how I'd write that Maybe one. Evelyn spent a but lot a of good, her time glinting at her That was a good trousers. line this week. I enjoyed that. That um, was when she was asked whether she was in the war, wasn't it? And she was like, no, I was just a glint of my father's trousers. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I think that if they're not there already very, very soon, they will be getting to a point where they are showing things that were, um, you know, pre just before lockdown and it might start looking like people are socially distancing. And I know it's not going to be for another month that the, the main transition happens, but they don't film everything in order, do they? No. Some things are filmed like two, three weeks before other scenes in the episode. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if we're, if we're starting to see that um, imminently. Thank you very much, Joseph. And thank you. Thank you, Joseph. Thank you too to Fangirl Overload123, our new regular writer inner, who says, Oh, Beth. I've never even thought about we haven't Beth is back from Scotland now, isn't she? Is she? I think so. I think we saw her with Kurt the other day. Anyway, she thinks that Beth's gonna find out about Daniel seeing escorts and they're gonna fall out again. Oh bloody hell. And Seb and Alina's story was a bit boring, as love triangles get old fast. And I think Scott was the one who attacked Chelsea and Jordan. I th- <laughs> I think I think, think you're onto something there, Fangirl Overload123. You, you picked think, up on the hints. Yeah. <laughs> Although, as you say, it could, could be, be a, a big, herring. massive red herring. Could yeah. he just really hurt his knuckles? Mm. The Ollie story was so, so heartwarming and positive for once. What about the very end? <laughs> it looks like he's about to be told he's Im- we, we've imminently We've decided dying. this for ourselves. I know, I know. know. Dave and Shona are a great comedic duo and so are Fizz and Tyrone. Also, have Tori and Imran ever mentioned fostering before? No. They are, it's the proud Corrie tradition of something being your lifelong dream. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you start a job, you've got a trial period. Yeah. If you live on the street, you probably live in some kind of, I mean, Alina has now moved onto the street, but she had better living conditions when she was, <laughs> she uh, was a, a, tra- slave. a slave, <laughs> a traffic slave. And she had and, all that stuff in one room, it's really handy. Like, all within arm's reach. Yeah. And you also have passions in life that i tell you what it's refreshing though to have people that have passions that keep it to themselves because most of the time i'm not interested yeah some you get people who just go on and on about their lifelong passions don't know they can't shut up about it coronation street they're like i'm only gonna bring Mention this one once. bust this you one out listen when, when it's important you. anyway she gives it four thick porridges out of five four. this week so fangirl overload one two three it was a lot more generous uh, than we were on this just week's coronation nice street all round, but, i suppose I have no problem with people liking something that I didn't like. In fact, I'm happy for it because if everybody thought it was a bit naff, then, you know, sad times for Corey. Yeah, you can't get mad about people liking things that you don't like. No, I don't have any problem at all with it. Some people get really angry. Some people get really angry, don't they? Are when... you attacking me? No. <laughs> Some people get mad when they see other people loving things that they hated and say, and they think, well, clearly they're wrong because it was awful. Yeah, like if well, you it's difficult. It. It's, un- it's easy Fantastic. to fall down that hole. Yeah. Um, right, that is it for this week's podcast, apart from a couple of things. We haven't mentioned, or just realised, that we didn't talk at the beginning of the episode about the Patreon competition, which has got one week left to go to enter. We've had a couple more entrants this week, so thank you very much, you uh, two or three of you that, that entered this week. But yeah, the, the, the end is in sight. And if you want to win a year's subscription to our top tier level on Patreon you better get your skates on and email us because you could get your name on the blog. You could get episode previews. You could get early interview access. You could get a monthly bonus episodes where we talk about our top five things, um, show notes, handwritten thank you card, 
Conversation Street mug after six months, it's a really good deal. All you need to do is enter our competition with the answer to this question. Up to Corrie episode number 10,068. How many episodes does that mean we have covered in our Street Talk section over the years? Bonus points if you can just... I mean, I want to give everybody like some level of... Um, a Patreon membership just for being able to interpret this question. It's a bit of a weird question. It made sense the first week that we did it because it was how many episodes we talked obscure. about on Street Talk. If you've been listening for the last month, you know what the question is. You just need to you, to get out there and find the answer to it. Yeah. It's not it's not super hard and it is a great prize, I think, and it's all because of our one particularly generous uh, anonymous benefactor who has has offered to pay for that. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah, good luck. Send us an email to conversationstreet at podbean.com. I don't know whether next no, week... No, conversationstreet at gmail.com. Gmail.com, sorry. I don't think it's going to be next week that we'll actually announce the winner because next Friday is the cut-off point. Oh, oh it's also what? a significant week next week. My birthday. It's Canada Day and Independence Day. So happy birthday to Canadians and Americans. And me. No. Um, I'm just saying finally on the subject of Patreon we did have a new Patreon member this week which is Vicky Vicky Names so thank Thank you very much for all your support I I hope that you enjoy all the lovely benefits that you get from being a patron (laughs) of Conversation Street it's such a great thing to do it is it is but please there's nothing to lose everybody in entering this competition no honestly there's not five minutes of your life and you've already wasted two hours listening to this exactly exactly right so we're done I think we're done. I think we're done. Now, our bonus um, podcast this week, which we recorded yesterday, but is being released at the same time as this, is a discussion of 2020 so far on Coronation Street, where we take a rundown of the past six months, talk about what we like, what we didn't like, what's been a bit meh for us. We talk about um, the state of the podcast. It's a really fun discussion that I enjoyed having with you the other day. Um, and a, a good look back over the year so far. So uh, make sure you check that out if you haven't done already, as well as that Distinct Nostalgia Thelma Barlow podcast. Get and download that if you haven't, because it's fantabulous. Gemma, any final words before we finish? I think fantabulous is a pretty good word to finish the podcast on. In that case, the fantabulous music for this podcast (laughs) came from fantabulouspodcastthemes.com. Fantabulous. (laughs) 